Hey, I heard you were on NBA TV yesterday. Is was, that for real? I was not on NBA TV. I don't, know, sure? anything, I don't know anything about that tone. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Your, your, peep, your peeps in the chat keep saying they saw you last night. I don't know anything about being on NBA TV. Last night, I was uh, watching the full slate of games. I was I was flipping through games last night. I, I was not if, – if I was on NBA TV, it was because I was actually flipping through the channels and finding games to watch and – to pay attention to so you you might have a doppelganger then because there because there was two oh there was almost too many games on last night it was yo it was, it was a bunch of them <laughs> it was a but bunch tonight, of them but tonight but tonight uh utah jazz assistant coach scott morrison is with us mm -hmm. so i don't even want to wait i just want to bring him on because i got like a ton of questions for him is that okay if we just jump right into it yeah let's get to it man i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm right. definitely down with that yes let's Hale's get to it join us Taylor's going to join us at some point. Mm -hmm. um, she's probably out there, I don't know, doing some Taekwondo stuff. You know, she's a fighter, so she's doing MMA or something. She'll be there. So without further ado, let's bring in the coach. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No question about that. What do you say, coach? <laughs> How's it going, fellas? All right. Hold on. We got to – coach, I wanted to start with two other things, but you have a Pittsburgh Pirate hat on? I do. Um I'm a big hat guy. I'm not really a oh, okay. Pirates fan per se, but they match our colors. So I, I brought it on the road with me and uh, matches our ja new jazz colors, yellow and, yellow and black. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot more sense to me. Um, I want to start with your path to where you are today. So you're the assistant on the Utah Jazz. Um, I know your, your, your path took you from like Canada to Australia. Finally, to Utah. Jay used to play college ball in Utah, so you guys can reminisce about how exciting the times are um, in those Utah nights. But can you kind of give us the path a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm from I'm from Prince Edward Island in Canada, and uh, nice. grew up in a really small place called Morel. About 300 people live there. Uh, I think my question is of whether I can curse on the on the show or not. I just got to answer it. Um, no, you can because I have my headphones on, so he can't hear you. This is okay. okay. So Hopefully, he, I won't have to, but you never know. You never know what kind of come We are rated uh, R here. Yes, we are. Yeah. We are rated yeah, R. No, it's, it's okay. Fair. It's okay. So I, I played college ball there in Prince Edward Island. I played for my dad. Um, got lucky and got a, a, a college job in Canada at Lakehead University. Um, mm. Like when I was 25, I was the head coach there. Had a little 10-year run. Mm -hmm. And then went to uh, volunteer in the G League with uh, the main Red Claws, which was now the main Celtics, mm -hmm. the Celtics G League team. Mm -hmm. I did, did a year of volunteering, drove the bus, did the laundry, did whatever they needed me to do. Mm -hmm. Got to know the Celtics guys during the year. And, and uh, that summer, they, they ended up hiring me for the head job in Maine. So I was a head coach nice. of the main Red Claws for three years. Got called up eventually to the Celtics, spent four years with the Celtics got the two Eastern Conference Finals, never could quite get over the hump. Mm -hmm. And when Coach Stevens moved up to be president and they hired uh, Ime Adoka to be the new coach, he brought in a new staff by and large, and, and a lot of us were left to find new paths. So I chose to, to uh, go to Australia, be a head coach again mm -hmm. at the professional level in uh, the NBL with Perth Wildcats. Did one year there. Uh, it was a great year, great spot, but we wanted to come back to the U.S., so – Got lucky to get back in the G League last season with the Salt Lake Stars, Utah's team. Mm -hmm. and got to know Coach Will Hardy during that time in the front office with Utah and 
and just took one year this time, but back back with the Jazz uh, uh, on the bench and and uh, really excited and grateful to be back back in the NBA after a couple of years off. So so we're gonna jump kind of sideways for a second because you don't know this unless unless JJ told you. That's our mutual contact, by the way, is a guy named JJ. We'll talk about that later. But um, so I have this plan. And I've been telling Jay this plan for about two, two and a half years. It's not going to work, by the way. It's not. I have. It's, it's going to work. work. No, it's going to. keep going. That I'm going to become because I they need help. It's not my team. I'm I'm a I'm a Laker fan. Have been my whole life. So it has nothing to do with them. I'm going to be the general manager of the Knicks. Oh, and I understand that you might have a plan of. I'm just saying. Could I hire you as head coach of the Knicks? Hey, coach. Before you answer that question, just so you know. If you don't win the NBA championship in the next five years, no, we don't get the, paid. The, the dough that you made, you got to give it all back. So give that's the part back. of the contract that he left out. Uh, I'm good then. <laughs> so, I, I, that's what I figured because it, it's important for him to mention that part, Coach. Absolutely, it's it, it's important not to leave that out. So it's I don't important know not to leave that your out. contract, but I, I heard something about you and the Knicks maybe a long time ago that that was kind of a thing you wanted. I was I was a big Knicks fan growing up. That was my team. Patrick Ewing was my favorite player, um, mm -hmm. and I hung in there with them through thick and thin. And then when the when the Celtics finally hired me to be the, the G League coach, that was my excuse to to jump ship without feeling bad about it. Yeah. Oh, you know, okay. So that, oh, I got bad information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I, I mean I was a Knicks fan the whole the whole time through. Uh, but um, nowadays, with with two kids, I can't be. As much as I'd love to bet on myself, and that's the job. Yo. Need a uh, job. Need a job. Got to make sure the paycheck comes in. So need a job. Uh, I'll, I'll pass on that deal. If you want to sweeten the deal a little bit, I'll, I'm happy to be on board. You, know, you you keep your money. If I don't win, I I give my money back. Oh, so I'm good then. I'll coach oh, yeah, only, only I'm giving my money back. Right. Because yeah, I feel like better, I feel like the league is better. Don't you feel like the league is better when the Knicks are good? One hundred percent. Just like the Yankees, Celtics, Lakers. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Maple Leafs, you know, all the all of the core teams makes things more interesting. Madison Square Garden is a cool place to to play, even when the Knicks are bad. So mm -hmm. imagine the the atmosphere when they're good. I'm looking forward to going back this year. The last couple of years I've been there to play, they weren't as strong, and they're at least uh, uh, an Eastern Conference top shelf team anyway. Now, whether mm -hmm. they're contending or not, we'll we'll see. But uh, the the vibe in there should be really cool. And uh, being haven't been a Knicks fan, you know, growing up, it's it is still cool cool and special to, to play in there. I can only imagine what it would be like to actually be on the court playing, mm -hmm. uh, but but coaching and being part of it is, is awesome too. Coach, I, feel like, I feel like us, we still feel that's the Mecca, right? It's still the Mecca of basketball to me. That's the way I, like Madison Square Garden, like I want to play there. Everybody wants to play there, right? Yeah, I think once, you, once you're the Mecca, you're always the Mecca. I think there's not quite as much talent coming out of New York as there used to be back in the day. And obviously the teams haven't, you know, produce championships like they did maybe in the 70s and uh, whether it be college or, or NBA, but it's still the biggest stage and um, the brightest lights and, and, and guys still raise their level a notch when they when they walk in that arena. They walk up that arena. There's a big steep uphill from the bus mm -hmm. at MFG, but um, everyone's always uh, holding their breath when they're – they don't want to look at a shape when they're walking up the sure. up the uh, the ramp with the cameras on. Um, sure. That's a cool, cool thing to experience and – um, I think they're yeah they're definitely is better when the Knicks are good. The Nets will never be the Knicks, Knicks in terms of the place they hold and the fans there or or nationwide. Um, but 
also a cool place to play, just not the same history and, and aura as MSG. I, it's interesting, Coach, you talked about experience because you just mentioned your grind and going from an assistant coach to a head coach. Once you once you taste being a head coach, is it difficult going back to being an assistant? In this case, it wasn't because I was going back to the NBA. And mm-hmm. um, as much as it's fun to be the head coach and, and you get to try some things that maybe you don't get to try as an assistant, mm-hmm. If you have the right situation, which the situation we have in Utah is, is incredible, both mm-hmm. from the ownership and front office and support standpoint um, and working for Coach Hardy, he gives me a big voice. So a lot of the stuff I want to try, I get to try mm-hmm. um, with, his, with his blessing, you know. So this is probably assistant coach in the NBA is the best job you can have for mm-hmm. basketball purposes when you want to combine the quality of life and <clears throat> the travel perks and being at the highest level. And when you get to contribute a little bit of your own uh, input and have a voice, like I said, I have here, mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to beat. Um, if a team wants to offer me a head coaching job, I'd definitely take it just to meet the challenge and get the extra cash. Yep. But it's not necessarily what I'm, what's driving me anymore. That was kind of what was driving me when I first got into Boston and I became somewhat obsessed with that and yeah. got really close. And then all of a sudden was out altogether. So once you're out altogether, you certainly appreciate any role you can have. And uh, like I said, I'm pretty blessed to have the one I have here in, in Utah. Hopefully we have a couple couple contracts to, to try and get it done here. Mm-hmm. So I got a question for you. Like in the NFL, it's easier because there's defined roles. You've got your head coach, your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams. In basketball, there sometimes it's like that, but every situation is different. So what what's your what's the situation in Utah? So it is different everywhere. It just depends on the head coach. So here we're I'm coaching both sides, but really my job is offense. I'm like the lead offensive assistant. Mm -hmm. So I have a big say on offense. I can still contribute on defense and I still do. But when it comes time to decide, all right, what do we want to work on today offensively? You know, I better have my list ready Mm -hmm. uh, of what I think we need to work on, what what needs to be improved, what needs to be Mm -hmm. tweaked. And that, Practice time is so precious in the NBA. Once you get, like today, for example, I had a 20-minute segment. All right, let's figure out what we're going to do, and and I'm leading that 20 minutes. So um, in a certain way, I'm kind of like an offensive coordinator, but I'm not calling the plays. I'm having input into what plays are run. I'm meeting with Coach Hardy, you know, on game days and deciding what lineups maybe we should have, what play calls. Uh, so I have a little bit of input like that. Yeah. But by and large, I'm trying to see both sides of the ball and a little bit of player development mixed in. Everyone kind of has their main role, but – was able to touch everything, which is kind of cool too. Coach, I told Tony this when they made the Rudy Gobert trade for the five ones, and it was Danny Ainge. And I told Tone, I said, Coach, I said, Tone, don't be surprised if you see the Boston Celtics in Utah in the next four to five years with what they're trying to build. Coach, can you talk about the young talent that you have? Because I love this kid Walker Kessler that you got. I absolutely love him. Yeah, I think we have two or three pieces that are going to be there for a number of years. Walker Kessler mm-hmm. at the five. Uh, he's, he's struggled a little bit this year so far, but he had a great rookie season. He's still yeah. uh, very impactful on the defensive end on the glass. Uh, he's had a couple double-doubles now in the last week, so he's starting to get going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keontae George is our rookie that we have. He was one of three rookies, but he's the most ready. He's a one-and-done at Baylor. Mm-hmm. He started his first game last night uh, in Indiana at the point guard spot. So I, th- I think he's going to be a guy that's with us hopefully for you know the next 10, 12 years running mm-hmm. the show. We're on the on the one. He's a very talented kid. He understands the game very well. So you think you got your franchise guy. point guard coach? You you got you got your guy at the one spot. You think? 
I think he's going to be a franchise guard, whether he ends okay. up being a, a pure one or a combo. But right now we're trying to kind of, uh, you know, speed up his development process by starting yep. him and, and working with him a little bit more closely. Okay. Um, Ochai Agbaji is a guy that maybe could be a, a role player as a, as a wing defender, mm-hmm. you know, guard, two guards, um, space the floor, shoot corner mm-hmm. threes, things like that. He was from Kansas. He won a national championship with Kansas. So he yep. was a rookie last year. So those three guys I think are part of the quote unquote core that we mm-hmm. hope will be around for a long time. We have a lot of other good players too. Uh, sure. Markinen obviously is only 26. Um, broke out last season as an all-star. I'm sure he'll be around for a good stretch. And we have some other guys in that same timeline right now, like John Collins and uh, Horton Tucker and mm-hmm. um, Colin Sexton, all young guys. You know, there's with all those draft picks, there's probably going to be some movement of, of some degree in, on the trade market as we as we move forward. But mm-hmm. um, we have the best in the business, Danny, you know, pulling the strings from mm-hmm. the front office. And uh, he's got a few got- pieces already, I'm sure, like you said, that will – be there for a long time uh, yeah i have a two-parter because the, the first part is kessler obviously has an elbow injury they said a couple of weeks is that a f- pretty fair assessment of his elbow injury for the best yeah, i think it's more of a, of a thing where it's bo- it's been bothering him and they feel like two weeks off with some extra rehab will get him straightened out he could probably play through it but this early in the season and the stage that we're at with our with our program, there's no reason to risk anything long term to mm-hmm. squeeze out a couple extra games. So it'll be a good chance for some of the other young guys to get out there and play and, and show what they can do and see if they can crack the rotation as well. Yeah. The, my second my second question is is about another name you brought up in that list. That's why I said a two parter because I'm going to hold you to this a little bit. I'm not like I don't know if anybody, I don't let people off the hook. And you brought up Laurie Markinen very late in that discussion, but I asked for your top ten Jazz all time, and he's in it. You had him at nine. Isn't it too early? Well, I got I got to work with him every day, just in case he saw the list. I wanted to throw him in there. Hey, 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 Tom, you got to relax, man. You got to see this dude every day. When you when you're dealing with somebody every day, it's it's a little bit different. When I only got to see you once or twice in the season, I got to see you every day. It's a little bit different, Coach. Absolutely. All right, that that you know, that's you take care. Of, you take care of your stars. That's what one thing about Absolutely. coaching in the NBA. You got to take care mm-hmm. of the stars. Um, it's interesting, Coach. It's interesting about Utah because I went to Utah State. And I was there in the 90s when they had Malone and Stockton and Brian Russell and, and Ty Corbin and all of those great guys. And Utah, contrary to popular belief, is one of the best basketball cities in the NBA, especially when you rocking and rolling. I just remember it just being one of the best times as a basketball player and fan to watch those jazz teams. It would be significant for the NBA if you can get back to something like that. No, no question. We have we have great fans even now when we're not really a, a winning team yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we were competitive, and last season we won probably more games than people expected. And this year's team's even younger, so it's going to be tough. But there, you know, we we beat the Clippers um, our second home game this year. Yeah, right down to the wire, and the place was going crazy. Uh, my wife was at the game, and and she was just commenting after that. You know, we, we're coming from Boston, which is probably a top three atmosphere in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, good or bad, it can, it can turn on you quick in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, but this place is just as loud, you know, in that Clippers game as as we've seen in Boston, especially yeah. in the regular season. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like when we do get rolling, like you said. Um, that list I sent to you, the top ten players, a little bit, little bit biased, obviously, with throwing market in there after yeah. after a year. Uh-huh. And uh, I worked with Gordon Hayward for three years um, in Boston one on one, so I threw him in there too. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're both all star players for the Jazz, so. You know, there's an argument to be made for those guys to be up there, but not quite yet to the level of the top echelon of that list. You know, Stockton, mm-hmm. Malone, Hornacek, Pistol Pete, those guys 
hopefully, you know, in, in five, 10 years, they're, they're more on par to be uh, debated yeah. at the top. Sure. So, so I read off your list. I read off your list uh, on Tuesday. I do. That's when I do my top 10 list show. So, and I'm just going to read it off again because I have two issues with your list. That was the one. That was the one. But I'm just going to read it off. At number 10, you had Gordon Hayward. Number 9, Lori Markinen. 8, Jeff Hornacek. 7, Mark Eaton. 6, Andre Karolenko. I love that you said check his defensive stats. We watched him play. We know how good he was. Uh, Daryl Griffith at 5. Pete Maravich at 4. Uh, Adrian Dantley at 3. And this is my other issue. This is my other issue, and I'm going to make you pick. You can't say Carl Malone, John Stockton tied at one. You have to pick one, coach. Just so you know, he's got Malone at one, and Stockton at two. I have Stockton at one and Malone at two. I'll probably go with Malone for ah. the simple fact that he—it's one thing to get the assists, another thing you got, you got to finish. Um, and he, he was the one finishing a lot of tough buckets. He also missed more games in his career. And the same could be said for Stockton pretty much, but Malone missed more games due to suspension than he did for injury. I think he missed like tw- 20 <laughs> can, games. Can you put that on your mind, Tom? Think about that for a second. I got yeah. kicked out of school more than I, I called out sick. How about sick. that? And I think, think he only missed 20 second. games in his, what is it, 19, 20-year career. He only missed 20 games. I'm just throwing it out there. Zion 200 already. But no, it's, it's unreal. Conversation for a later time. Yes. Stockton, Stockton, too, is very similar with his games played numbers. I mean, I think he played 82 games in his last season when he was 40 or something like that. Um, less minutes, but it's still up there. But the Malone thing, right. like you think of the pounding on, on his on his knees and and yeah, that position, and everything else, and he's throwing elbows. And the only re- the only thing that kept him out of the game was giving Isaiah twenty stitches. I think so. Um, I'll, I'll give him the nod just because of that. All right, that that's fair. So I don't know how long we have you for. I probably should ask that question. So what I'm going to do is there's a couple of questions for you from the chat. So I'm going to throw those up real quick and get you to answer them. And then we'll keep talking. And then, when I, hey, I get it. It's busy. Whenever you got to go, you got to go. Um, but uh, one of our longtime listeners, let me make this so it doesn't block your face. Um, drink more water. Ask the question. Um, let me see. Welcome, Coach. When preparing for other teams, how many hours... Wow, this could be a big number. How many hours do coaches spend for regular season games? Also, which type of player gives coaches the most trouble game planning for? Shooters or physically dominant players? That's a good question. The first part depends on how much time we have to prepare. So usually we have maybe 48 hours between games, uh, Mm -hmm. if that. So if that's the case, one of the assistant coaches was delegated that team as a scout. So they've been working on the game plan for a couple weeks. My last scout was Minnesota, for example. So I had watched all their games and uh, had everything ready to go when we finished our previous game before that. Then everyone turns their attention to Minnesota for the, the day between the games. We maybe have an hour and a half coaches meeting to talk about what I think we should do because it's my scout. And then we'll argue about that or, or change some things and then go and present it to the team. We'll have one, one practice or one walkthrough, mm-hmm. one film session. And then before the game, we'll have another film session, but that's it. So it's, Whoever scouted is, they're putting a lot of hours in. Mm-hmm. For the rest of the team, is only a couple hours to prepare, and that's the thing about the NBA: you got to be able to make quick adjustments. You got to take something new in the morning and apply it at night. Obviously, not everyone can do that very well. So the best teams are the ones that can take something from the the TV on film or mm-hmm. uh, the walkthrough in the hotel. Maybe sometimes you don't even go to the court um, and apply it at night. Those are the most successful teams, usually veteran teams. The yeah. second part of the question. 
I would say the physically dominant players are a little bit tougher because you're always worried about who's going to get stuck guarding them, uh, who's going to get switched onto them. Uh, you have to double team them in the paint, things like that. Shooters, trust me, I love having a shooter on my team. It makes things a lot easier for the offense to flow. Mm-hmm. But usually you can figure out a scheme to at least make their life difficult, whether it be chasing them around, top locking them off, off pin down screens, um, switching off the ball just to keep the ball out of their hands. If they're not physically dominant, you have a number of guys you can throw at them to do that. Mm-hmm. Someone like Giannis um, is a little bit tougher to deal with. LeBron, you got to account not only for their skill level, but also for like how you're going to keep this guy from getting downhill. And if he gets downhill, who has enough guts to stand in, in front of them? Because not everyone does. It's important too, Coach, when you bring up delegating responsibilities and duties. So does that also translate to like when you're in a huddle? And you're talking to coach about schemes and things like that because I feel like a head coach, I feel like he's only as good as his coaching staff, even though he does have the final say so, he's only as good as his coaching staff. So, when you have observations about, I don't know, let's say Kawhi Leonard who hasn't really been shooting the long ball, maybe we should maybe we should play drop coverage on him, or maybe we should chase him off the screen a little bit more. Is that something that he would listen to more as opposed to just, I'm, I'm just gonna do it my way and I'm just gonna not listen to head, I'm not gonna listen to my assistant coaches? I think the smart ones listen listen to everybody. Yeah. And even if they choose to go back to their own default, that's fine. But mm-hmm. at least hearing everybody out, I think, is smart. We're lucky here because we get to have a voice. Not every place is like that. Um, I know in Boston, for example, when, when Coach Stevens called timeout, he didn't want to talk to us. He wanted to get his own thoughts together. Yeah. And if I had something for the team, though, he was cool with me going to talk to the team in the huddle before he got in mm-hmm. there. Uh, here it's like, if I got something quick for the players, I'll tell them, and then we'll go have a huddle with the coaches, the assistant coaches at, at midcourt yeah. with, with Will before he goes into the huddle and draws his play up or says whatever he's going to say. Yeah. And, you know, so many of us, there's like six to eight assistants on every staff now, and delegation is important. Role definition is important. Will or whatever head coaches we're talking about can't have eight voices at the same time. Right. So I thought he did a great job this year saying, listen, Scott's the lead offensive guy. If you have something to say, I want you to say it, but say it through him. And I trust him to kind of filter what gets passed on to me and the same thing for the defensive side. So um, I go into the game just trying to be prepared for whatever I might come up so I can suggest some counters or some adjustments. Mm-hmm. I try to follow what's going on in the game so I can suggest what plays or, or who to go to. And my goal basically every game is to just try and maybe impact four points extra, Um, whether it be a certain play that I see that we could run if we score on it. Um, Maybe it's something we worked on that morning in in the offensive segment that I knew we could apply. And just hope that whatever I contributed leads to a couple extra buckets. And really, if that happens, I'm doing doing more than my job. Nice. Nice. A lot lot has been made this season, obviously, with some new rules being implemented about uh, load management. Mm-hmm. load management getting guys to play more games what are your thoughts is it is it 82 too many should it be shortened should the guys just play all 82 is it are we just living in a time where hey let's let's make those decisions on a case by case basis if there's a little injury let's give them the extra time depending on where we are at what time of the season like what are your thoughts on it because it seems to be a topic and we always try to compare it to the past well the old guys used to play every game and now they're they're not doing it where, where do you stand on that I'm hoping that it kind of twists back a little bit to the older style. It's never going to go all the way back where guys mm-hmm. are just crumbling and John Stockton all the time and then practicing in between games. But at least here, I know we're trying to practice a little bit between games. We practiced today. 
not really full contact, but fairly close. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're going to get better. Like the veteran teams, you know, my last year in Boston, we didn't need to practice as much and I was quite happy to play the games here. I find myself wishing we could have a little bit more break so we could work on some stuff. Mm. Is that because of the young guys coach? Is that because of the young guys? Yeah, like the younger you are, the more you have to actually rep things yeah. in the NBA. It's like college where you have all the time. You can rep it and rep it and watch it on film and then do it again the next day. Yeah, That's how you get better. When you have a veteran team in the NBA, it's also cool because you can go down to breakfast, tape off a court on the on the breakfast room and yeah. walk through the stuff you need to do, and they're going to apply it that night. But we're not at that stage yet. So at least for our stage, I'd, I wish we had more practice time. Yeah, But when, when you're at the top of the league, you know, the games are pretty fun. And as long as they keep selling the tickets, uh, it's going to be a tough sell to uh, a tough argument to cut back the games because that's where all the cash is coming from. And mm-hmm. no one's trying to give any of that back. So I expect really quickly. It'll be, yeah, really, really quickly, coach, because you just mentioned at the top of the league and in terms of the grind. Can you talk about how difficult it is traveling as an NBA head, as an NBA assistant coach from from night to night? So, t- for example, you played last night. Let's say you played tonight. Or you play tonight, and then you got a game in two nights, and you have to get ready for Indiana. And then two days later, you got to get ready for Chicago. Can you talk about how difficult it is in terms of travel and what, and what you guys do? Yeah, it's different. It's difficult in one sense, and it's easy in the other sense. The, mm-hmm. the easy sense is that we're, well, we're in Memphis right now. The hotel is not exactly the Four Seasons, but usually we're out of Four Seasons and treat it pretty well, um, except for Memphis and a couple other places. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not complaining. I'm happy to be here. The you know we're on a charter plane, so we fly right after the game. There's no mm-hmm. waiting around the airport. You know, there's someone to take your bag. All that stuff. There's meals prepared for you. It's we're very spoiled. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's easy. The hard part is probably the sleep. The guys are able to go home and you know they do their unwinding and then go to sleep. We're up having to watch film for the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't have kids, it would be a little bit easier. But like tomorrow night, we'll play Memphis seven o'clock game fly home after the game, probably get to Salt Lake around 1.30. I'll drive home. I'll be in bed by 2.30. My kids will be up at 6.30. Mm-hmm. So it's not as easy to recover when you have kids. Before I had the, the, the kids, it was a little bit better in that, in that sense. Yeah. Um, but it's just part of the deal. Like you, like once the, that first week of the season passes, you're going to be tired for the rest of the way. And mm-hmm. you kind of look forward to those road trips because you might be able to get a nap in you know, on game day in the afternoon after you get back from practice. You might be able to um, sleep in the next morning if you're not going home after the game. So you can kind of catch up a little bit, but it's definitely a grind from the sleep point of view. Uh, it, but the you know the conditions and, and how we're treated makes up for a lot. Life as an assistant coach in the NBA, man. I'm you, know, you know what I love? Jay, Jay doesn't get it anymore. His kid is well-grown, whereas I understand, I got nine-year-old twins, so I completely – who jump in on interviews. So I completely understand what My you're saying. My daughter's a nurse, Coach. My daughter's yeah. a grown-up. She's a nurse, and I'm, I'm, oh, I've, been, nice. I, I, I've been past that already. I already told her I don't care where you live because she actually lives in Utah, as a matter of fact. And I told her I don't care where you live and what you got going on. You just better have an extra bedroom in your house because you're not putting me in a home. So you better be prepared for that. <laughs> so uh, I'm just saying you better be prepared for that because I'm coming to stay there. So that's uh, just that. You mentioned you mentioned extra games. You mentioned as long as they're buying the tickets, they're gonna play some games. So it's only one more, but there's two teams that are gonna play 83 games now this season with the in-season tournament. Mm-hmm. Have you guys approached those games and, and said, Hey, this is a, a big deal? Is it hey, it's a regular season game? So it's I don't want to trivialize and say just another regular season game, 
But is it just a red, another regular season game, or do you do you bump it up a little bit? Not quite a playoff game, but do you bump up the importance of it? Before you Our answer that, game coach, before, before, yeah, before you answer that, coach. Number one, how do you feel about the in season tournament? Well, that's where I think he was going. <laughs> I mean, I think it's cool. Um, okay. I think it'll probably have to get build up over the years. You know, it's not something that's going to be a you know pun intended a slam dunk in year one. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of joking about the courts right now, uh, you know, in our circles. Like some of them are bad. <laughs> yeah, we're, so our first our first one's tomorrow here in Memphis. So we saw the court today. It's like a gray and blue court. It's kind of, I mean, it's different. It looks kind of like video gamey. Yeah. But I see why they're doing it because you turn on the TV and you know right away it's a, it's a tournament game. So I think it's pretty good marketing, even though a lot of people are kind of joking about it and making fun of it. Mm-hmm. The there really hasn't been any talk in our locker room about the difference between regular season and a tournament game, possibly because we're rebuilding and struggling a little bit in the win loss column. We, we take any kind of one we can get. So it doesn't really matter what preseason in season, regular season play out, whatever we'll take it. So I can't really speak for the teams that maybe in three weeks time are getting ready to be in the final eight. Maybe they're going to ramp it up a little bit. I'm assuming they would, um, even though these guys make a lot of money, a half million dollars, a man isn't a bad little, um, you know, side gig for winning oh, the, the tournament, especially when you don't get money for winning regular season games, right? So I'm sure that'll have a little bit of an effect. And then I, I, I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for it to be something just because the regular season is pretty long and it can get – the dog days come quick if you're not one of the top teams. And if this makes things a little bit more interesting and keeps mm-hmm. guys a little extra motivated, then I'm, then I'm all for trying it. Yeah. Okay. I know we're running short on time, but I have, and I know you've only been in Utah a short time. Like I know G League last year, and with the Jazz, obviously, just this season. But I got, I have to ask you, at what point? I'm because I see you wearing a Jordan hoodie, wearing a Jumpman hoodie. So I got to ask, at what point are they going to let this go? How is the Wi-Fi in Utah? Jordan pushed off. How is this a thing, and have you experienced this? Is this the Wi-Fi you use when you're in the stadium, or is this for – I don't even know who – I know it's a, I know it's in the stadium. Is this for, like, you guys? I think it's just for the fans. I, um, I, I saw that today, too, for the first time, but I knew about it because our owner – we have a great owner, Ryan Smith. He's – by owner standards, he's young. He's about my age. Mm-hmm. He still plays, you know, plays basketball with the staff when we play pickup. He's a, he's a – by all accounts, a great, great dude. And he, we had an organizational summit before the season for all Jazz employees, not just basketball side. And he said that on his, uh, I think he said on his plane, the Wi-Fi is Jordan pushed off, and he, he wanted to make it in the arena. So I, when I saw it today, I guess he accomplished what he wanted to get. He's been a Jazz fan for his whole life. Um, I just think it's funny. I remember watching that game. He kind of probably did push off. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just kind of a, good nature thing, but it'd be really nice if we could win the championship for the next few years. And maybe just that could be the new thing as opposed to we almost did it. Just so you know, coach, and I know you got to go, but just so you know, he was ready to throw you out. Cause, <laughs> cause he, cause, cause you just spoke <laughs> fast. When he said he did, put yeah, he's ready to throw you out because I mean, and it is, I mean, if we being honest, yeah, he did. It was it, it, no, it was definitely no an, it was it was there definitely an ushering. It was definitely an ushering to the door. Let's not make it sound like was there a foul call? Was there a foul call? 
No, he, he embellished. Like the referees don't call it popping; they call it embellishing. That's what it's called. That's exactly what it's called, Coach. Yeah. Byron, 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 Byron flops. So let me ask you this then. Actually, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pick, because obviously everybody's asking, you know, it's always the biggest debate topic. We had the VP of ESPN Analytics on, and he told us it's still the most uh, searched thing. Who who you got as your goat? I mean, yeah. I know I have to pick one, so I'm, I'm going to say Jordan just because I'm obligated to do so being, being in my mid-40s. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at – I always enjoyed the, the Hall of Fame debate with any sport. Either you got to be great for a long, long time and make the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. or you got to be the best at your position or in your sport mm-hmm. for a short number of years, but you got to be the best. And I think that – Jordan obviously crushes that one for a six-year period. He was the greatest of all time and maybe a little bit longer than six years. Mm-hmm. LeBron kind of has him on the the ladder, the former, where it's he's been great for, for whatever many years, 20 now. Mm-hmm. So it depends on, I guess, what your definition of a GOAT is. If it is the greatest over a short period of time, but the greatest of all time, I have to go with Jordan. If it's mm-hmm. like the greatest career, it's tough to go against LeBron he, even though Jordan has two extra championships, but I'll, I'll go with Jordan because I got to pick one. Mm-hmm. And when we play the Lakers, it'll be it'll be LeBron. But just for that one night, <laughs> absolutely, Coach. Yes, sir. You want to stir no the doubt. pot, you know? No doubt. Now we've now we've listened. I I have Jordan. He's got LeBron. But I've said many times, if he, if if Bron keeps playing the way he's playing, whatever fountain of youth that that cup that he's found that he drinks from. It, there's going to be a couple of years where I, you just can't argue it. Like he's, he's getting, if he's not there already, he's at that point where if you're this good for this long, even I can't fight it anymore as much as I'm going to try though, as much as I'm going to try. I will say coach, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of what you guys are doing in Utah. I, I dig the young talent that you have. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Colin Sexton. I feel like his injury kind of slowed him down because I felt like he, I had the right pick. I, I had the right team for most improved play. I just picked the wrong guy last year. I picked yeah. Sexton. It was it turned out to be marketing. That's because I didn't really think that you guys would be that good. Turned out you you, you were better than what I thought you were going to be, and it ended up being marketing. I really like what you guys are doing with your young talent and how you guys are developing this team, and I expect big things from you guys in the future. I do. Well, I appreciate that. I think mm-hmm. we're on the right right page. You just got to be patient and keep trying to improve every day and not get mm-hmm. too worried about – I mean, you're trying to win every game, but you're not too worried about – the result you're more worried about the process and and hope that pays off you know in the short term not necessarily yeah. more than a couple seasons but uh, hopefully in the short term it'll at least off. not right now coach because again i mean it's not like you you're in a position where you got a bunch of vets who are you know seasoned and, and the expectation is higher you know you got kids on the crew and you're basically developing these kids as opposed to teams like oklahoma city and or not even oklahoma city i'm sorry like phoenix and teams like that where they got win now guys so i understand that 100 yeah. i do yeah, it's, even, it's, even our even our even our vets are young guys. Like Horton Tucker's a vet, but he's 22 years old. You know, Mark think about that. Only <laughs> that's it. So, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say this year's kind of what we we expected last year. We expected mm-hmm. kind of slow out of the gate, develop right, and and you know start getting better at the end of the season. And the season started, I think, caught everybody by surprise last yeah. year. We mm-hmm. Won a bunch of games, and I think this year, I think it's more. What, what you would have expected from a script perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Start off slow, 
you know, get the young guys, develop them a little bit, and then and and work towards towards that end of the season. So um, we appreciate you taking the time out. Um, I'm sorry that you're not at the Four Seasons. Memphis isn't. You should get out. Memphis is fun. Um, good luck. Good luck in the game tomorrow. Uh, again, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, Jay. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate you, man. Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay more attention to the. I, I'm paying attention to the Jazz as it is. But well, he's I'm Utah gonna, now. He, he's I'm, already I'm gonna be paying more. I'm gonna be paying more attention. I'm a little, yep. a little disappointed that uh, that um, Haley wasn't here because I watched the last episode just to get a sense of what I was getting into, and I uh, had a little beef with her. Um, oh, you had a beef. Since, since you on since we on that subject, Uh-oh. coach. Here we go. <laughs> since, since we on that subject, coach. If you can, here she is. As a matter of fact, now I got now I got to back it up. Still can't hear you, H. Beef with Haley. I just want to be clear. Well, I just I mean I said I tuned into the last episode just to try and figure out what I was getting into tonight, and uh, the, all I heard was Jason Tatum's not a superstar, so I had a little oh, bit of issue no. with that. <laughs> get, get up, coach! Get up, coach! Here get we up. go! Here we go! Get up, coach! Oh man! All right, get all right. Up, well, look, obviously, Scott, it's nice to meet you. Sorry, I had some technical difficulties, but um, I've been listening, so it was great pod. Uh, thanks for coming on. But uh, yeah, no, I guess we have. I mean, if we really want to get into this. You know, what defines a superstar is kind of something we all three differ on. And I'm sure, you know, you have your own criteria as well. Um, but look, I have softened my heart, especially coming into this season with J- Jason Tatum. Um, I've been a bit hard, but not really because of his game. I-, I can't, you know, say that his game isn't elite. But I think it's more so like the pedestal that so many people have put him on when he continually in, in big moments maybe doesn't prove what we expect him to prove but i mean we could say that for so many players and that's been my biggest i guess thing with him cool. Cool. don't give me that face because oh, you you're, you're say walking, the exact same thing don't back out you're now so, you know, don't change up now wor- it was way worse than this before you showed up coach i've actually softened her up her stance yes, has softened yes. a lot yes. since then because it was way worse than this she was out on jason tatum right she's act- she's actually now down to sit down and have a cup of coffee and discuss this before it was yeah. like don't even talk about it yeah so. i mean and, and and he's what is he averaging like 33 points so far this season like he he's Almost incredible 30. he is an incredible player um oh yeah is it like 28 now but 30. um yeah but it's a postseason for me but what what would you say coach like wh- i mean you're obviously you see him play in real time you know that's something i don't get to experience but what are what's your perspective well i'm, I'm biased obviously just haven't been there i was my first year was his first year with the, with mm-hmm. the celtics and okay. that was the year that gordon hayward broke his ankle the first game of the season oh, yeah. and we weren't expecting that much out of jt but then he kind of blew up and between him and terry rogier and and jalen brown they took us to the conference finals so that that's not necessarily what the superstar playoff performance that you're looking for but as a as a rookie to do that was pretty impressive yeah also for me anybody that can get you 50 a night of the week is Pretty close to a on a Tuesday, game. coach. On a Tuesday, um, I sat there and watched him get sixty one night. I'll never forget that one. And he has had some big playoff performances. I, I feel bad because last year he sprained his ankle in um, Game Seven versus Miami. So maybe that would have been the moment that would have won you over. I'm not sure, but I'm sure he had that in his back of his mind that you were hating on him and not believing in him all summer. And uh, when we get him all here, coach. When we get we, him all yeah. here. Yeah, uh, coach isn't saying this. Coach isn't saying this, but I feel Jason Tatum heard your words and he said something, Haley. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Get them all here, okay? That I have, I'm sure. But no, no. I look. I, I'm going into this season and I'm trying to be open-minded. And I, I've said this multiple times. I think this is like 
I love the fact that Boston was willing to buy into this duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and say, like, even if it came down to moving off Marcus Smart um, and and Grant and, and all these guys that were such a tight collective unit, like, I respect that they're putting into them. They went to get Porzingis, and I think this is their season that they're either going to really elevate um, or I think conversations, I don't know. I, I think conversations might change. I mean, what do you think, Coach? Like, if it comes to Jason Tatum and let's say they're playing, I'm not going to say Milwaukee because I think that matchup could go either way, but maybe maybe Miami again, uh, maybe the Cavs or something. They get out in game six or seven. Are we having the same conversation? I mean, what is this, Jason Tatum's sixth year? Sixth season? Seventh? Six. Seven years. Seven years. Seventh, right. So, I mean, is that on him or is that just me being too hard on one player? No, I mean, that's the way, that's the, way the business is. You got to back it up when it really when it really counts to get yeah. the props that you may deserve or may not deserve. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm just biased. I've seen him do some impressive things. I know he's a great person, which not everyone can be, which can't be said for everyone. Right. Probably doesn't affect your superstar status, what kind of a person you are, but I know he's a good one. Yeah. And I know he's improved um, his game. He's always been a good scorer. He's added his passing. He defends. He's gotten stronger. So hopefully, I mean, obviously I hope the Jazz win the NBA championship this year, but if we can't get it done, I'm still rooting for those guys. And mm-hmm. I think you're right, though. I think it's pretty much time where they got to get it done or, or things are going to change. Right. But hopefully this is the year they do it because I think they've uh, – you know, been knocking on the door since since I was there and just had to get over the hump and maybe this will be the year if, if JT stays healthy. So Jay, I, I, so one more thing. Jay always kind of says like by year five, like that's his thing, by year five you know who a player is. Is I feel like Tatum might be might be the exception to that. Do you feel like he's still got – because we want – we see where he is, but we all still expect more from him. Do you think he has a next level to go to? Do you think he has that? I think his next level is just continuing to be more more well-rounded as a player. You know, I don't think he gets a lot of credit for his defense, but with his size and length, he can really disrupt things. His passing has been a point of contention, but I think it's been a massive upgrade over, you know, his first couple seasons in the league. And, yeah, I think he just has to get it done in the playoffs to get that last piece of respect from the the, uh, the Haley's. The Haley's of the world that are still <laughs> of course. on the board. Of course. Um, so, yeah, Tad we'll see. Some- I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys that have come through the NBA and been superstars, but not necessarily been the best player in the league. You know, how many superstars played when Jordan was in the league and he was, you know, pretty much the MVP almost every season or at least, right. every, you know, you had your Barclays, your Birds, your Isaiah Thomases, your Patrick Ewings, your Carl Malone's, like those guys were all superstars. And mm-hmm. um, JT may never break through and be like the top guy for that season with Jokic and Giannis and mm-hmm. Luka and our guy Shea. Um, but he's right in that category. So if the Celtics can rhyme off a couple more good seasons and uh, he stays healthy, then he'll be in the conversation for MVP for you know, hopefully the next eight years. Sure. Yeah. 100%. You brought up you brought up our guy. I, I know I said I'm going to let you go, and I will, I promise. But you brought up our guy. So Canadian basketball. So we're we're around the same age, you and I. So we saw Canadian basketball when it was like, ugh. and it's really become something. Like there's there's great players coming out every year. Um, and you know, Team Canada, obviously, just now, you know, meddling in, in FIBA. And so talk like how like are you proud? Like, do you see the come up? Like, I, I think I know what inspired it. Um, obviously, I think the, the Vince Carter effect was real. But what are your thoughts on, you know, are the R.J. Barrett's and the Shays of the world? All, all these guys coming in sharp. 
just so you know, Coach, I did not know. This was just recently. I didn't realize Jamal Murray was Canadian. I did not know oh, that. Yeah, I did not. I, I, I did season. not know that Jamal Murray was from Canada. I did not yeah. know that. Ironically, Jamal is one of the few guys and Shay who mm -hmm. who stayed in Canada for high school, at least in that mm -hmm. little era of guys. Most of those guys were were leaving and going to high school in the U.S. You know, mm -hmm. around eleventh grade, probably. Um, so I've been lucky to be around it for maybe 10, 12 years now, Canada mm -hmm. basketball, different age groups, some years senior teams, some years other teams. And uh, I have to say that I was extremely proud, you know, to see it happen. I, I was on the staff in uh, 16, we lost to France to go to the Olympics. I watched when, you know, we blew the game against Venezuela to go to the Olympics. I watched when we blew the game against, I want to say Czech Republic in Victoria to go to the Olympics. So like three or four pretty massive letdowns and disappointments and just wanted so bad for the team to get over the hump. So when watching that game against Spain and seeing um, Shea, you know, take a left-hand dribble toward the nail and kick it to Dylan for a, a, a slot three above the break three that went in and iced the game was like, uh, it brought tears to my eyes. And um, most of the tears were because of how proud I was that the guys stuck with it and we kept battling and everyone that I knew put so much work into it, whether right down from the GM to the managers, you know what I mean? Everyone was wanting that so bad. So, and then a little piece of it was crying because I was in Utah not there to celebrate mm. uh, guys. But um, I think that it took a couple guys to make it to motivate or at least make the young guys coming up, believe that they could also do it. And the example, like for me, when I was growing up playing, not that I was going to be on this level, you know, I wanted to be an NBA player. And then I realized I had three things working against me, which was my size, athleticism, and skill level. Was <laughs> <laughs> that all? I kind of need that. That's, that, that's important probably, to have that. I wasn't that disciplined either. So four, four things. Um, <laughs> but I remember when Steve Nash won MVP for the first time, and I was just starting my coaching career. And I had kind of given up my playing career. I went overseas, and I was like, ah, I kind of chickened out. This isn't for me. You know, I'll do something else. But like seeing that made me sad because I was thinking like, man, if I hadn't known that he that it was possible when I was a kid, you know, maybe I would have dedicated myself. I would have believed in myself. I would have pushed a little harder. I could have been a little bit better, you know. So I think the guys that are you know in their twenties and thirties now, they've had those role models to say, hey, this guy came from the exact same place that I come from. There's zero reason why I can't make it. So I'm going to dedicate myself. I'm going to train. You know, I'm going to do things right and mm -hmm. uh, see what happens. So a little bit, a little belief in yourself, a little confidence is a, is a dangerous thing. So seeing the Andrew Wiggins and the Steve Nash and the Jamal McGloris make it, I'm sure had a big, you know, part to do with it. And like you said, the Vince Carter effect, just having someone like that right in front of your face um, as a, as a Canadian fan is, is massive. So hopefully it keeps going. I don't know. I, I'm not really involved in the U19s and the, and the junior levels anymore. So I'm not sure what we have coming down the pipeline, but hopefully it stays full and we can compete for medals for the next whatever many decades well you know i coach a u11 team and let me tell you there's there's some good young kids coming there's a my u11 team mm -hmm. we strong your son <laughs> yeah my son yeah don't leave that part out coach. He's, starting he's, early his little man is on the squad too so don't don't, yeah. don't leave that part out so yeah. absolutely the future is bright I'll, I'll hit you up in eight years when he's nba eligible mm -hmm. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully i'm still here i'll be i'll be i'll be listening mm -hmm. all right <laughs> All right, coach. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, so, what's what does what's the night look like? Is it back to film study? I'll do a little bit of film. I'm probably going to go across the street for dinner, and then hopefully get to bed early because uh, tomorrow night, like I said, is going to be a, a 2 a.m. home, and 
6 a.m. wake up and right play with in. whatever toys are on the go in the morning. Mm -hmm. so, right back yeah, at it. Get ready. Okay. All right. Yeah, appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Coach. Yeah, appreciate so you. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be paying more attention. Yep. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Have a good night. Yeah, man. Dude. Utah Jazz team, they uh, they look like they on to something. Slow. They started off oh, yeah. slow, but I'm telling you, there's the the when you look at their their the the talent, the the guys that they have there, they're really young. They're they're so one of the teams. If they, they stay they, together, stay healthy, right? In a couple of years, yes. you know, a piece or two, like they're gonna be good. I know yes. they're with coach. Like I don't know if you guys know how what how much you know about coach. Like if you go back and look at him, look at you know the head coach Will Hardy. Like they come from like they're they're good right. coaches. So I feel like this team. I'm not just saying it because he's you know he's 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 a friend of a friend. So uh, the guy that I play basketball with every week, right, right is the one who who connected us. Uh, shout out to JJ who, who ate my four game winners last week. All four games. Nice. Um, I still got it, baby. I still got it, baby. But um, but no, but just it's those are the things when you look at a team. Like sometimes you see a team, it's just like they're in disarray. There's, mm -hmm. there's nothing, right? There's, there's no draft picks, no young talent. Charlotte, these guys have a lot. Yeah, these guys have a lot. So, and Utah, what else are you gonna do in Utah? Right, there's not much. So you want the Jazz to be good if you live in Utah. I just, I just saw Danny Ainge basically blow the unit up, and he's starting over. And I'm thinking to myself, I know Danny Ainge, and I know what kind of GM he is, exactly. and I know what he's up to. It might not look like it right now, but this team is going to turn into something, courtesy of Danny Ainge. It's 100%. going to happen. One hundred percent, it's going to happen. Don't be surprised in the next two three years if this team is in the Western Conference Finals. I would not be surprised to see that. So that would not I'd, like be. To, I'd like to do, we got two super chats that I want to run through and then I got headlines. You guys, okay. you guys cool with headlines. All right. Yeah. The first one from ASAP Henny. How do the wars, this is perfect timing, Haley. You didn't, you didn't think he was going to call you out. Did you, by the way? Was, uh, no, no, I had no, I mean, I, I was technical difficulties, but then I was able to come in and hear a little bit of the podcast, but no, I didn't know, <laughs> but I liked it. I was, it was a good call out. I, I, since it's a Warriors question, how do the Warriors handle wigs? Dude's been trash. What, what what exactly do you classify as trash? That's that, that's what I'm trying to figure out. What, what what do you classify as trash? Are his points per game down? Because let's be honest, that's what everyone's looking at. Right? That, that's what it is. That, that's all it is, Tom. That's it, it, what it it's, is. It's everything. He's been getting the boards, but unfortunately, we're so quick to jump on a player when we're eight games into a season. Um, he needs to be better, but he knows that. And and from what I've seen, um, he just seems gassed. And I think maybe, you know, missing so much of last season, I don't know what workouts look like over the off season, but I think that he's just getting back into shape. And I think that when he's back in shape, um, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. So keep sleeping on him because I think you're, you're, whatever team you're a fan of is going to have to deal with him pretty soon. So don't give up on wigs. He'll be fine. Do do you just think he's got he's kind of getting back to game speed? Because people people don't realize there's there's the speed that you know we play at, there's the speed that NBA players practice at, and then there's like game speed, and it's the lights come on. It's yeah. different, especially yes. for the Warriors. That's a whole nother speed. That's, yeah. yeah, and they play yeah. fast. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So I, I yeah I could see that. Yeah. Um. This wasn't necessarily a a jazz. Uh, question, which is why I saved it here. Sorry, I'm cutting off your head. No, um, Laurie Markkinen, shooting ability as a seven-footer is remarkable, period. Can we agree that 
second tech on Giannis was egregious. Oh, and I wanted to fight that ref. And I'm gonna I'm a former ref. And I wanted to fight that official. For real. I wanted to I for real wanted to fight him. I, that's how that's yeah. how pissed off I was yeah. at him. Tell him when, when the game starts, before the game starts, whenever I because I ref I, I ref college basketball for five years and I made it clear right in the beginning when we talked to the captains and I told him, quote, this was my speech at H. Take a look around. Nobody bought a ticket to come see me. You guys are the show. The biggest problem that referees have, a lot of these referees have, is they involve themselves in the show. You are not part. These guys are going to involve you in the show. You don't need to involve yourself. Don't worry about that. Nobody came to see you. So to throw Giannis out for something like that, to throw Giannis out for something like that, now you made yourself a part of the show. And it just looks bad on your part. Looks terrible on your part. And I, I, I was, I was so upset with that dude last night. So upset with him. I, uh, that, was, that I, was nonsense. I actually have a video coming out soon, so you guys stay tuned. But I made something. But one, one thing I wanted to say is like, you know, it's interesting. We're pushing, pushing, pushing players to show up and play eighty-two games and play for the entire season and don't let fans down that travel all around the country to play. But then they do pay. They pay hundreds of dollars to go to and attend an NBA game, and then you kick them out for something that was absolutely not, not you know, understandable and something that any other player or multiple other players would have never gotten ejected for maybe fine, but not ejected. So there's no precedent across the board and, and welcome to my day-to-day life because I, I see this with the Warriors. I've seen this with, you see it with every team, but certain teams deal with this a little bit more and it, it is what it is, but it's just, it, it ruins the quality of the game. And I agree. With it you just guys. does, yo. It does. But not only everything you said is correct. Both of you, but that's the intensity I want to see from Giannis because if you watch that game, they were going back and forth. Yes. And he was doing a good and and that was just emotion. And and let's be honest, he flexed quickly, he whatever, and he may have said obscenities. I get it, but he turned it off quick and he got back. It's not like he stood there and did it like for a long time. It was fast. No. So that's the part that is like, I want to see that from him. I want to see that from guys. So I, I'm and I'm, that's part of the game too, Tom. Of course, that's it is part of the game. It, it, it wasn't egregious where he got in his face and he was putting hands on him. But let's be honest, Tone. If you crack a, if, if 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 we're in a game and we're going back and forth, Tone, and you crack a three on me and it was in my face, odds are you probably gonna say something to me about it. If, yeah. I'm in, if I'm in transition and we going back at it, we going back and forth, we're in a dog fight, and I end up throwing it over the top of you and getting the, and getting the and one. Tone, I'm probably going to say something to you about Listen, that. listen. That's part of the game. I'll tell you a story I, I, I don't think I've shared on this show before, but I've shared before. Uh, I've, yeah, I've told you I did, like, my summer camps at the University of Kentucky, and there'd always be old players that would come in. And so I'm coming down the right side. Uh, I get a pass from Alan. For, anyways, it doesn't matter from who. I get a pass. I go up. Nice little easy dunk. I mean, like, because I wasn't, like, a high flyer. Just, like, a normal dunk. Yeah, I could dunk back in the day. I showed you that video. A little one, a little, nothing crazy. But just standing outside of the key, okay, who was a a defender on the other team. And I mean, I did not dunk on him. Let's be clear. But he was close and he was the closest player was Kenny Skywalker. Mm -hmm. And as I came uh, going back on defense, I looked at him and said, Kenny Groundwalker, because he was the closest one in the vicinity. So that's what you do. We we didn't fight about it. I didn't get thrown, thrown out. Like, that's That's what you do. Like, my 11 year olds, when I I sometimes put up my hand, you know, to make show them to get them to shoot over me, because if they can shoot over me, Mm -hmm. 
anybody that's 11, they're shooting over them. And if the shot goes in, you know what every single one of them does? Too mm-hmm. small, too small, right? Mm-hmm. Good. That like I, I don't know why that's a bad thing. It's not. It's and not. I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that these I, I don't know all the refs' history. I've, when I get really mad, I'm not gonna lie. I'll like go on Reddit and just go down a rabbit hole of like hatred because like certain refs just you know they piss me off. They really make me angry. But I'm thoroughly convinced some of these dudes have never played a sport in their life because the adrenaline that you feel after completing whatever, if it's you know basketball you know, whatever sport you play like that, there's adrenaline going through your body. And when you do something right, like you feel it and you want to express that. And I just, I just don't understand why they're trying to, the league is already soft. And that's not just a, that's not an understatement. Like it really is. And I'm just, I'm just over it. I worked with a, I worked with a ref one time who said before the game started, this is our game. This is not their game. And I, I cringe, I cringe when I heard that. Cause I'm thinking to myself, no, it is not. Well, that in Vegas, they're no, betting, and we have proof. No, it is not. The I best one in our game. You don't know is there. As a reporter, oh like the one thing I want to do is like break the like that would be such a groundbreaking case. But like Vegas is too big. Love you, Vegas. Yeah, it's, not, it's not happening. It's not happening. All right, so we've got Kobe. No, we don't. We got headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me let me read some out to you. The first one is a a big one okay. because it has to do with multiple players. So um, here we go. Let me uh, let me just do this real quick. Hey, you know what? I've got this water, and we've got you know, we've got this red version. We've got a red bottle, and we've got a David Beckham version here. Oh, we got a blue version and a blue version. All right, uh, headlines. So injuries, injuries are yeah. huge. Yeah. Some names, just to name a few: Anthony Davis, Jamal Murray, Walker Kessler, as we talked about earlier. Tyler Hero is now. Uh, CJ McCollum, I believe, has a collapsed lung. Yeah. And others. What's going on? Is it is it just are, is it more injuries than usual? Is it that there's just a bunch that are piled in t- together, really close together? What what's happening? I think it's more of these guys. It's just right on top of each other, and these injuries are maybe a little bit more severe than they normally would be. So, for example, with AD with the adductor strain. I mean, with the adductor spasm. So, so for those of you guys that don't know, your your adductor muscle is the muscle that allows you to lift your leg up when you walk. Oh, so, it's, so if you t- it's the same it's the same injury that Willis Reed had in Game Seven where he couldn't lift his leg up; he was basically dragging his leg. Anthony Davis doesn't have that, but it's the same muscle with strain. If it gets worse, it could be season ending. So it, it's it's more of a precaution than anything. Now, we know about Jamal Murray with the hamstring injury. Tone, you can't do anything with hamstring injuries. No. Nothing. Rest. You can't do – once once you once you strain your hamstring or – it doesn't make a difference. You can't do anything with that except rest. Now, what that may, may suggest to me, when you have a hamstring injury early, maybe he's not in as great a shape as he possibly could be in coming into camp. I think that it oh, – he might... coming, in, coming in from an injury last year playing right. – through to the yeah, end, right? A short, that season. a short off season. Like we've seen these guys with short off seasons. Like the shorter the off season, it yeah. seems, the quicker the injury the next season. Well, here's the thing, though, Tom. We've seen championship teams, and we've seen guys. I mean, the the, the off season for championship teams has been the same for years. The finals is in June. The season starts in October. The season started a week a week earlier now. That's it. So that doesn't negate the fact that when I'm in the summertime, he decided not to play in the Olympics. Yeah. I'm sorry, in the, in the FIBA World yeah. Championship. Yeah. yeah, he decided not to play in that. So with that being said, 
maybe he's not in as good a shape as he could have possibly been coming into camp. That's not to say that he was out of shape. Maybe he could have gotten himself in better shape. I'm not going to go on a James Harden tandem and go, yo, he's in James Harden shape and he's going to play himself into shape during the season. No, I don't think he's doing that. However, maybe he could have gotten himself in better shape. That's maybe why his hamstring got pulled. He, he maybe overexerted himself. That's number one with them. Now, with Tyler Hero and, and, and Cam Johnson rolling their ankles, anybody can step on anybody's foot during the, during, during the, during the course of a game and, and, and roll their ankles. I've actually had a, a, a turned ankle. Depending on how severe it is, H, I've had a turned ankle where I felt like I was going to pass out. Yeah. But then I've also had a turned ankle where, okay, I'll just tie my shoe back tight and I'm ready. To, or, or, or not even a couple of you, I'll tie my shoe back up and I'm ready to go. So I think that some of these injuries are preventable. And some of these injuries are just something that you can't really foresee. They just they just happen. Well, I also think like they they specified with the Jamal Murray thing that I don't necessarily think anything's pulled. I think it's more of a same like with Anthony Davis. It's more of a precaution of maybe there's some soreness, so we're just going to sit him out for the month and make sure that um, you know the, the the injury that he's had previously doesn't get worse because I know what happens if you overexert it, right? See, that's the thing though, H. If if it's just a precaution. And it's not that bad. That's where we differ because yeah. that's part of it. You know, you're going to have knickknack injuries. You got to play through this stuff. If it's something that's preventable and it's something that's not going to get worse, where mm -hmm. I, I got a hamstring injury, I'm probably not going to tear it. So let me play through it because it's not going to get worse as opposed to, hey, if you keep playing on this thing like a broken bone where I got a stress fracture, yeah. if you keep playing on this thing, the space is going to get bigger. That's different than I got a hamstring strain and maybe some ice and some ibuprofen and I can get back out there and get going. That's different than a broken bone. Those two things are not the same. Yeah. Headline number two. The number is 200. I don't think so, Tim. It is. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me tell you, we talked about Carmelo in his career. He missed 20 games. I think it was 18 or something like that. In, in how many years? In 20 years? 20 seasons. Uh, that is that, John, he should be the goat just for that. That's John crazy. Stockton, John Stockton played 19 or 20 years. He missed 20 years. 22 games. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan played for 19 seasons. A little bit more. He missed 134 games. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, 15 seasons, not including retirements, missed 158 games. Mm -hmm. Getting a little bit higher. Um Zion Williamson has played, I don't four years in the NBA? Three in year five, Tom. Three in year five? He yep. just missed game 200. Now, th th this game that he just missed, in fairness to Zion, he just had a baby. So Beautiful. Yeah, he, he just had a baby. So I'm not going to hold that one. I'm, I'm not going to hold that one against him. He still missed it. I won't. Yeah, but he did. He, he yeah. did miss it, though. I'm not going to hold that one against him, but he did miss it. There's so, a... What's a what's a Derek White on the Celtics? I saw some stat about he's only missed like one or two games, except for the the games where his babies were born. Yep. Um. So like, so yeah. But then there's like Lamelo. Yeah. So then there's Lamelo though. I think he's missed near to the same amount of games that Zion has. Um. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. Mm. The uh, NBA headline number three. The NBA is going back. Back. I said. To the East versus West. Uh, for the All-Star game. Good thing, bad thing. I actually think it's a good thing, Tone. But with that being said, it's not going to matter unless these dudes take it serious. 
You already know how I feel about the All-Star game. I feel like these dudes are afraid of getting shown up. The All-Star game has always been, ever since you were a kid, ever since I was a kid, it's supposed to be the best pickup game in the world. That's what it's always supposed to have been. And the question is, is can we get back to that? But there's so much things going, there's so many things going on that these dudes are actually afraid to compete. I am a fan of bringing the East and the West back. I'm a fan of that. What I want to see, though, is I want to see these dudes actually compete. Coach Mike Malone just said it last year. Coach, how'd you feel about that All-Star game? It was the worst All-Star game that he's ever seen. Ever. But there's no incentive to play. And that's the, and that's and look, it's just pride and yes, wanting. it is, Tone. Yes, it is. All Star Weekend has become something different. I think when we were watching it, it was about it was about the game. Right. right, we wanted there was the all stars, the best players in the NBA playing against each other to see which conference was better, the East or the West. There was still some of that, right? right. Baseball has it a little bit with the American, you know, versus National League, but I think the NBA weekend has changed. It has become like an event, a gathering. Uh, you know, they have meetings and they have international, you know, uh, panels and all this stuff. And I think it's just the game is at the end and they play the game, and I don't think. I don't know. I feel like I don't think that anyone cares. That was the highlight of the weekend, Tone. The dunk contest in the All-Star game. That was the highlight of the weekend. Yeah. That's that's what it was. Only except now it's all the other extracurricular stuff. And the game has, has now is basically become secondary. And that's because these dudes got so many other things going on off the court. That's why the competition isn't the comp the competitors are there. They just won't compete because I think they're afraid of being shown up. I stand do you think, on that. Do you think, do you think that the winner of the East West? That team gets the home court advantage in the finals, or or is it money? Should I they think, do like the NCAA tournament five hundred grand yeah. to the winner? I think my, I, I think money would definitely be more of an incentive than the like what they do in baseball. If you know the National League wins, the National League team wins, and they get home field advantage. So I I, 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 I I think that's a little bit different. So yeah. and to and, and to Peace Warrior, just so you know, Peace Warrior. New Orleans has only played eight games this year. Zion has only missed two games, and one of them he missed for a personal reason. That's it. So it wasn't like he's he's actually been playing. So let, I, I, I'm i hoping that I can get 60 games out of him, but we'll see. Headline number three um, goes to, I guess, Team USA, we'll call, the, call it. Um, Austin Reeves was selected over Jalen Green of the Rockets. Apparently, last night before the game, coach of the Rockets said, hey, Jalen Green, how you feel about that? And Jalen Green showed him and uh, had a heck of a game. Austin Reeves, not so much. Tone, I love this, show. News, not news. I do. This is news. I love this. This brings back the – as a coach, part of your job is being a motivator. Part of your job is being a motivator, even as players – you can motivate guys in a number of different ways. Last I checked, I remember the 1995 Western Conference Championship when when David Robinson was receiving the league MVP trophy and Drex said to him, yo, he got your trophy. What you going to do about it? <laughs> yo, that, that's your trophy. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What is he doing with the MVP? That's your trophy. They saying he the best player in the league. Oh, you think so? Let's get to the bottom of that. Well, same logic. Well, Austin Reeves is on the Olympic team. How you feel about that? Is he better than you? Matter of fact, not only is he better than you, they picked him for the Olympic team, so they're saying he's better than you. 
Hmm. Oh, are you gonna do, are you gonna do something about that? What you think he's better than me? No, let's get to the bottom of that right now. I am I am all in favor of motivating guys. This is great for the league, Tone, and this is great. This is great for players too. Great. Agreed. You agree? Yeah, Jalen Green is greater than Austin Reeves. <laughs> Absolutely, Austin Reeves is one of the most overrated. I like the kid. I think he's really Uh-oh. special, but I think he's been. I mean, he's a Laker, so of course he's going to get a, a bit more love from the media. But I think that he started off slow, and and Jalen Green hasn't been, you know, his best self either. So I'm excited. Maybe this will be a little rivalry we'll get to see, and it is good for the young guys to be motivated to. Mm-hmm want to appear for these really special events you know so yeah. I, I want to know how you say he's 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 special he's really good i like him <laughs> so overrated he is <laughs> like i mean you can, both can be true lifted him up and knocked him down in the same both, both can absolutely be true i think if you read the, yes. if you watch the amount of calls that he gets as a you know a, what is he a second year player third year player now third. second year second second is yeah he's a rookie player? last year i always forget yeah. um Gets that contract. Wait, is he a third? I think no, he was a rookie last year. Yeah, so we got a massive contract coming off his rookie year. Mm. Or is this year three? Yeah, you might. Three. Right. I, I, think I, I think this is year three with him. I'm almost come. I'm, 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 so All right, yeah. 30. So if you just watch like the calls he gets, and I mean he's a he's a role player essentially. He's gotten that starting spot. He started off slow as a starter. Um, and we're watching the the. The Lakers, you know, struggle. Um, although mm-hmm. half their roster hasn't been playing. So actually, Flo, what do you think about the Lakers so far? Because um, um, well. as of right now, uh, last year, I think y'all started the season two and ten. We're on that pace again. They're That's 0 and what, 5 that, that, on the road? Yeah, 0 and 5. 3 and 5 as of right now. So we, what, we did say, what did I say they should have done last year? Traded Anthony Davis. Yep. That was the best time to move off Agreed. of him. Agreed. I, I, I stand on it because cocaine is a hell of a drug. And I think the Lakers are on it thinking they need. Uh, here we go again. It's the ref's fault. Oh, here we go again. LeBron James needs more help. No, no. He just needs someone who will be there to play. Yeah. He doesn't need another Anthony Davis. He needs an I don't Anthony think he's going to lose him for a month, though, Tone. I don't, I don't think that's going to be the okay. case this time. You don't think he's going to get hurt again once he comes back? I, I don't I do. think it's going to be a month. I think, this, I think this injury is worse than they're letting on. Maybe not this one, but it'll come. But two things flew at one. Uh, you heard Kendrick Perkins talking about, oh, the Lakers are interested in getting a third star. So I wanted to ask you, like, do you think that's a real possibility for them? Or is he just talking? Both. He's just talking because he's Kendrick Perkins. But it's also a real possibility because people look highly at a guy like Austin Reeves. People look highly at, you know, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Like, there's guys, there's pieces that that someone will want that, you know, that you're going to give them a couple of um, pieces, role players for a quote unquote star. Like they're not like, who are they going to get? Who's available? Who fits this team? I, I, who like really at this point in the season, who are they going to get? Right. If you throw out some names, I'll tell Levine, you, you know, Trey Young. Levine, um, Levine's an interesting one. Cause I feel like Levine's being wasted in Chicago. Uh, how heck Elmer Fudd's being wasted in Chicago. Everybody in Chicago is just being wasted in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, yeah, there's probably guys like that. There's other teams where, you know, they're, they're not living up to their expectations. And by trade deadline, maybe, maybe they get one, maybe they get one. Um, but there's so much wrong with, I don't know. There's so much wrong with the Lakers. Um, it's always the same thing. They bring in these pieces. They're supposed to be good. They don't jive. 
They make a bunch of, you know, they're going to make some moves at the trade deadline. They'll finish off strong. And then we'll be like, cool, we'll be looking really forward to next season. And they'll start off like this. And 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 here we go again. People are already calling for um, for coaches, for coach to be fired. Like, yeah. he's, he's been here a season and, and not a season and, and a minute. Like, and it's, oh, let's fire him. So, just, like this unit, just like this unit has only been together for a minute. This yeah, is, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, can, can, can we see what they look like? Can we see what this unit looks like? Can I'm already, we, already seeing quarter zips uh, with a little Laker logo on Doc Rivers. I don't want that. Like, they're already, like, finding yeah. his replacement. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Give me a break, yo. Give me a break. Need, but the thing I think that with, unlike other organizations, there is a time frame for this team because of, course. Uh, because LeBron, of LeBron, LeBron, right? Yeah, yeah so, so I understand it. But, yeah, and, and for the Lakers, uh, coach is always the first to go. They're always a scapegoat. And in my honest opinion... I, I do feel bad in a way for like trying to make a team like like you said jive with pieces. Great pieces don't always fit together, and I don't know if Darvin Ham is the the guy to get it done. He seems a bit um, passive, but I, maybe that's just what we see. We don't know what goes on in the locker room. He seems like an encouraging coach. He seems like he has tried a lot of different things, but is he really the guy to get it done? Since we're on the subject tone, I'm sorry to interrupt you, tone, but since we're on the, I want you to finish this thought because I got a question for you. I do. Well, I, I, no, I was going to shift to another because I want to talk about the Bucks, but I, I had one more thing about the Lakers. But if it's on the Lakers, you go ahead. It's not about the Lakers. No, it's about something completely different. Okay, so let me let me say this real quick. Yeah. So because I've been people have been sending me this video and they're like, Fluent, what do you think? Fluent, what do you think? Here's LeBron again, passing it off when he should have been shooting. Uh, that the game the other night where he drives into the the double team and then kicks it out for an open three, not really open, it was contested, and and he misses and 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 the Lakers lose. Mm-hmm. So I'm torn, and here's why I'm torn with this. The pass was the right pass to make, hundred percent, hundred percent. He gets double teamed. There's a guy that's open. You kick it to him. That's what you do. That's what a smart basketball player does. The only problem is right in the back of here. There's like a. Zzz, I'm getting drilled, um, no pause, uh, by Kobe Bryant's voice that says, the problem with LeBron James, and I'm paraphrasing, this is not not the direct quote, but I'm paraphrasing. The problem with LeBron James is he will drive right down into, into the heart of the defense, forcing a double or sometimes triple team and passing it. And it is, and it looks like the right basketball play because that player is open and he passes them the ball and he shoots it. And he puts the ball in someone else's hand to shoot it. He says the difference is that what he should have done was play an angle. And instead of driving right down into the heart of the defense like he did, so in that game that, that we're talking about, had he instead taken a kind of 45-degree angle to the middle of the paint, he has a one-on-one jumper over his defender, and he's jumping over him, and he's making that that little that little jumper over him, and they win the game. And that's where it, I kind of I'm torn because he did the right thing, but did he do the right thing because he forced himself to do the right thing? If that makes sense, yeah, versus you know you know what I mean. If he goes left, he has a one-on-one, and he's shooting over that guy. That guy's not that guy's not blocking his shot, correct? So I literally I literally, I literally saw KD. I literally saw KD drop it to Nurkic last night for the game winner. I literally just saw him do that. Oh yeah, and that's what I'm, I'm that's what I'm saying. Right play, but I I have that. That's why I say it bothers me because that's I I like I said it's right, but in the back of my mind I'm thinking, yeah, well maybe maybe he could do that a little bit more. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I think it's like um, amount. I I think it's the 
consistency of him doing that exact same thing as getting there and passing it out. But a lot of people are going to say, like, oh, because he doesn't want to take his three free throws or he doesn't want to, like, take the pressure of taking the, the last shot of the game and, and losing the game. But I don't know. I don't know. I see him do it all the time, though. But I don't really blame him. How can we as outsiders judge a split second decision when you said, like, yes, there could he could probably get it over the player, but you never know. There's variables of how tall is that player going to be? How athletic is that player going to well, be? Well, no, he knows who's on him. He knows yeah. he knew who was yeah, on, him. Who was on mean. him. Who was on him last night? Or the night before, excuse me. Who was on him? Or whatever okay. just happened. It was the it was wasn't it the Phoenix game? No. No. Are we uh, talking about KD or are we talking about James? No, James, James, James. Let's see. So who was on him? I don't even know. I think Highsmith was on him. Highsmith was on him and Bam helped. Uh-uh. Going down Miami. the gut. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Miami, right. It's Highsmith. How how tall is Highsmith? High, six eight, six seven, something He's like that. that. He's yeah. getting that shot over it. But it's not just that. I, I think for his career, again. It's it's yeah. nitpicking. It's nitpicking because he's he's yeah. forcing the defense to do something and he's making the right basketball play. So you yeah. applaud that. I applaud that. And like I said, it's just this voice that that keeps yeah. bothering me. Like I wonder if he instead said, "How can I get my own shot?" So mm-hmm. instead of doing that, let me do this. Because then you'd eliminate all those other people who say, "Oh, all he does is he always passes off," which he mm-hmm. doesn't, by the way. Like no. he, I think he's leading the league in clutch baskets this year, like at a hundred years old. So he's still, you know, to sort of. To, and again, we also forget that, and, and we also forget, Tone. That's the way the play was designed. I'm watching the game, and the, the camera is on Darvin Ham designing the play where Cam Reddish runs around. Uh, who am I thinking about? Wood. He runs around Wood to the corner. James is going to come downhill. And if they come, he dumps it off. But if they don't, and it's a, it's a one-on-one, he, he does it. that. I've just seen the idea that the idea that James is even being questioned about something like this. I've seen him deliver so many times in the clutch, whether it's a basket, whether it's a pass, whether it's a steal, whether it's a block. Like, this is ridiculous to even talk about this sort of stuff. The guy's got the – I think he's – I think he's one game winner off for the most ever, and he's got the most game winners in NBA history in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah he, averages the mo- he averages the most points in NBA history in Game Seven in and, NBA history. And they still Nobody has done that. Do more, they want him. They want him to do more, but it's still not enough. Give me a break. Wait, man. You had a question, non-Lakers, and then I'm going to get to my my Bucks thing. What was your? Well, you you wanted to talk about the Bucks tone. I wanted to talk to you about I, the question that I wanted to ask you. You got on me really. You got on me about. Minnesota last year, and I told you that I wasn't off the train because Cat missed two-thirds of the season last year. Tone, my bags are still packed. Talk me off this Minnesota train, Tone, because I'm on it. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm back my on ba- it. My bag, I've never You're gotten off this train, Tone. Talk are you kidding me, me? Talk me off this Minnesota train, Tone, because I'm because I'm on it. I've, I've been on it, I, and I'm still on it, Tone. Talk me off this Minnesota train. I'm watching an Anthony Edwards, who I said – Two years max, he's going to be the best two guard in the game. I think he's going to be the league MVP at some point. They got the best defense in the league. Rudy Gobert is at the top of the league. I'm not a big fan of defensive rating, but I understand it, that it's important. The reason why I'm not a big fan of defensive rating because Cat is second in the league in defensive rating. Give me a break. With that being said, with that with that being said, Anthony, Anthony Edwards, I think two years max, he's going to be the best two guard in the game, two years max. We're going to have a conversation tone at the end of this season. As good as Alice Caruso is, he might be the best on-ball defender in the game, Alice Caruso. And I'm president. I'm a Herb Jones stand. I am a Herb Jones stand, and I'm president of the Drew Holiday Club. 
But we, I think we're going to have a conversation. Jaden McDaniels is going to enter that conversation by kicking the door in. He's looking like one of the best perimeter defenders in the game. Nas Reed is in the conversation for the best rotation player in the game. Tone, talk me off this Minnesota train because I'm on it. I'm still I, on it. I don't, I don't think I'm going to because the one thing I didn't think they were going to do last year was guard the perimeter. And then the injuries occurred And because your thing was that, oh, a cat and well, more Gobert would clean that up. Mm-hmm. And and we never saw them healthy, and they are what I said they were going to be last year. This year, they're getting defense from everywhere. And Anthony Edwards did take a step forward. And I believe I want to say they allow the lowest points per game, at least in the Western Conference, maybe in the NBA. Well, I think just, just over yeah, just over a hundred something points. So that's the difference. And it's actually great that you asked that question. So let me relate it to what I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the worst perimeter defending team in the NBA is the team I told you is not going to win the NBA final because of it. And that's the Milwaukee Bucks. Because if you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, they've they've given up, uh, I believe, season highs, maybe career highs to Jalen Brunson, to um, Cam Thomas, Thomas, Mm -hmm. to Dennis Schroeder, to uh, basically every perimeter player that plays that plays the Bucks right. goes off their best off <laughs> their best scoring game right. because Dame doesn't play defense. And no matter that you have Lopez and 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 Giannis back, it doesn't matter. The perimeter is getting torched. And in this league, in this perimeter-driven NBA, that's not good. When when your point of attack guy is a cone, so to speak. It really screws with your defense. Everybody talks about, well, what about Donovan Mitchell in, 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 in Utah? What about Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland with both Evan Mobley and, and Jared Allen? So we're clear, guys. Donovan Mitchell showed up in the NBA. He was a defensive guy coming out of Louisville. He just wasn't an all-league defender playing in the NBA. But he did play defense. I expected him to be better because he was a defensive guy when he came out of Louisville. He was, a, he was a guy who played defense, and he is going to compete on the defensive end. Dame seems lost. Dame, Dame, when I say Dame seems lost, I mean Dame seems lost in the aspect, not that he doesn't know how to play defense, more like he doesn't want to play. Like he wants to get I, – I, I, I almost put him in that same category with Luca, where he just wants to get back to the basketball. Instead of, instead of actually competing on the defensive end – I think he just wants to get back to the basketball like a punch drunk boxer. I think that I could hit you more than I could stop you from hitting me. That's and what then, I think about when I think about Dane. That's what he did in Portland, right? The other guys would go off and he would just outscore them. And I think he does the same thing where he takes kind of defense as a time to rest. And it's not like he has another a good defense. Like Beasley's not a good perimeter defender either. So now you got two guys on the perimeter that can't defend. And teams are just going off on them. And look, they're going to win regular season games. But when it comes to the playoffs, they're going to get exposed. And then to, to answer your question, when you look at Minnesota, who starts for them? Conley. Older, but still a good defender. Yeah. Gobert, great defender. Cat, okay, but still tall. Uh, Anthony Edwards, uh, I think an underrated defender. And like you said, and McDaniels. So they've got defenders all over the court. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to make make what they're doing sustainable. Yes. So I say for you, stay on the Minnesota train. I say for those of you in Milwaukee and surrounding area, get off. Don't they're not winning Jack. You're gonna regret you're gonna and I said this when they did you remember I'm sticking to what I said. They're gonna regret trading for 
they're going to regret trading for Damian Lillard, not just because of the money, but because of the game at this point in his career. Remember, we were talking about Toronto. I said they better Toronto better not trade for him. The Lakers better not trade for him because it's not. It, it just doesn't help where where they are at. Hey, so I just feel like with 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 giving up your best perimeter defender, Andrew Holiday, yeah. and Grayson Allen, who a, a lot of people will say Grayson Allen gets fried. He will compete on the defensive end. When you have that on your crew, mm-hmm. that supplements a lot of what's, what else is going on on your defense. So when you got rim protectors and you got guys on the perimeter like Drew Holiday, who's a great perimeter defender, and Grayson Allen, who will compete, that enhances your defense as opposed to a guy who won't really compete on the defensive end. And I think that also, too, as good as Damian Lillard is in terms of a player, you do need to demand that from him. Dame, you need to defend. If you don't defend, if you don't defend, we're not going to win. I agree. But you know the saying, like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I think that trying to change a player or ask for effort, I think Dame will give you that effort. I'm just saying that effort, is that going to be equivalent to enough for them to win a chip? I don't think so. But what you said, Fluent, is you said Toronto shouldn't trade for them. I, I think that's bad-mouthing Dame in a way. Like you said where he's at in his career, Dame is still a, one hell of a good scorer, an incredible right. one. But, yeah. I, but I agree with what, where you're coming from because is it the right piece for what Milwaukee was doing? And yes, to give up Drew Holiday, who we're now starting to see heat up for the Celtics, people are like, oh, you know, he's not the same. Like, no, he, he just had to find his rhythm and he's sure finding it. So I think that they can win a chip. I don't think it's going to be this season. I think it's going to be next season, but I think they have to get some more defensive pieces to even hope for a shot. And I think we're still a season out. Dame, I know you love Dame. Dame needed to go to a team where he was next to a good to great perimeter defender. Yeah. And 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 one and a great like Yes, Tom. Giannis. Yeah, what Giannis, are we talking about? Yeah, Giannis, Giannis, Giannis cleans up a lot of mistakes, Tone. He's, he's, the, the, defender, he's the defender in the back that I was about to say, and a great defender in the back when they make a mistake. But in the on the perimeter, he needed a great defender too, and that's okay. what he doesn't have. So, with that being said, Tone, a lot of a, a lot of pick, a lot Damon of pick. Drew, Damon Drew, and get rid of Middleton. Yeah. I, I would, you would have seen a completely different team. But if you if if you talk about action tone in a pick and roll league that we play in, a lot of action that Dame has put in, the guy that's the guy that's 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 pick and rolling is probably the guy that Giannis is covering. So Giannis is gonna be the guy on the perimeter defending a lot of times. So he could clean up a lot of Dame's messes. The problem with Dame on the problem with Dame on defense on the perimeter is the same problem that I have with a lot of these guys, the competition aspect of it. At least Kyrie Irvin will compete. Luca will give me Minimal effort after he gets beat. He will never recover. No. Same thing with Dame. You give him one thing, he will not recover. He is out of the play. James Harden. These guys just want to get back to the basketball. And that's not that's not a winning recipe. It's not. Now, Luca looks, Luca looks to me like he's trying to compete more, and I respect that. But this is, this is something that should have already been in place, as opposed to a guy in Damian Lillard, who I think we're in year 12 now, Tone. And we're in year 12, and we're on a crew that's trying to win the NBA championship. And if we're trying to win the NBA championship, what you can't be is you can't be a guy that's not, at minimum, going to compete on a defensive end. We're not going to win. We're not. And I got another problem. The Boston Celtics. They're starting five. Solid. Their bench 
in pretty much every statistical category ranks like 29th or 30th. FYI, there's only 30 teams in the NBA. And I think that's going to be a problem because, like any team, but they're one injury or they're one tough matchup in the playoffs away. If your bench gives you nothing, you you know this in the playoffs, you're done. I know the rotation shrinks down to like seven or eight people, but I mean, you can't have you can't have the the worst ranked bench in the league and expect to win a chip. I think they got to do something. I think this is an easy fix, Tone. And the reason why I think this is an easy fix is because I think you got the pieces. I watched in 1989. I watched Mark Aguirre ask Chuck Daly to take him out of the starting lineup and put Dennis in the starting lineup. And with Dennis with Dennis going into the starting lineup, it just made them so much better because Mark Aguirre gave them something different coming off the bench. Well, how about we? How about and and again, I'm I'm not saying that Dennis Rodman is is in the same caliber as this player, but how do we? How about we do this, Tone? How about we keep Drew Holiday at the one? How about we move Jalen Brown over to the two, which is his natural position? How about we move Jason Tatum to the three, which is na- which is his natural position? How about we put Al Harford at the four and start him? And how about we have KP at the five? How about we bring Derek White off the bench? So now what that's going to do is that's going to bolster our bench in terms of production. When you talk about scoring, when you talk about defense, we'll bring him off the bench. We also got Hauser. Get this kid Brissett some more minutes because you need dirty work, guys. Add that to the fact tone of instead of trading guys, this is the same logic that I had about Bam years ago when everybody wanted to trade him. Demand that these guys get better. Peyton Pritchard, you need to make shots. You wanted to be traded last season because you weren't getting enough playing time. Well, you're playing now. Well, you need to produce. You do the other things in terms of distributing, in terms of playing hard, but we need you to make open shots. You know how I feel about a guy tone in the NBA that can't make open shots. If you can't make open shots, you are useless on the floor if that's something that's necessary. I feel like Peyton Pritchard is a guy, if he makes open shots, not only if he makes open shots, because he can, he's proven that he can, him implementing Brissett more in, implementing Brissett more into the into the rotation because he, he looks like he could be one of the better dirty work guys in the game. Hauser can make shots and also stretch the defense the way he does. Derek White now comes off the bench, and he can bolster that offense and that defense. This isn't as bad as everybody thinks it is, and demand more from these guys. So you think that you think they've got the right pieces? They just need to move. Horford though, Horford coming starting. Now let me ask you a question, Tone. What are you What are you asking for from before we go any further in this conversation, Tone? At the four, what is your job at the four? Rebound, play some D. Can I get Can I get 15 to 20 minutes of that from you. I'm not asking for 30, 35. Okay. Can, can I get 15 to 20 minutes of that from you sparingly? Like in the first quarter, give me, give me five or six minutes. Then, then we'll get, then, then we'll rotate. Same logic with, same logic with, uh, uh let's see. In the third quarter, the same logic where we'll rotate him in and out of the lineup. He doesn't have to play 35, 40 minutes, Tone. We don't have to do that. The thing is with Horford, so if you watch the last game was up versus Philly, there you can tell age is creeping up on him, and that's really fun. Maybe twenty minutes, but I think that you're seeing a different Al Horford than we saw in twenty twenty two, where we, you know, in the in the championship. So I don't know if he's going to be the same piece, and I I still think that 
there may be a piece away. I don't know if, if they can still go out and get somebody. Maybe it is what you said, just kind of like switching up that starting lineup. And and, and you really believe that that could be the, the switch I, up that they need. I, I do really feel like that. I also okay. feel like at some point, maybe, I also feel like at some point, maybe you can put some pieces together and get another dirty work guy. But H, but H, I watched the Lakers win the NBA championship with Shaq and Kobe and Robert Ory and AC Green at the four. I saw that because he didn't need to do much. Yeah. Give me give, give me a solid 15, 20 minutes. Be that vet. Be that dirty work guy. Because Al Hoffa can still make a shot. Al Hoffa can still rebound. I don't need him out here for 25, 35 minutes. I don't need him to do that. If I got the guys that I have in place, in the position that they need to be in, Jalen Brown is a two guard. I, Jay- I, can't, I can't get this out of my head. I just – I need you to – I, I'm sorry. I just need you to say, I don't need you for a whole game. I don't need you for a whole half. I just need you for one quarter. Can you give, me, <laughs> can you give me one yeah, quarter? He can. Well, I, I, I can't give you. I, I, well, if you could give me, give me two quarters. <laughs> two quarters. Right. Give, yeah, give me two quarters. That's, yeah, I, don't need, I, I don't need you to give me a whole game. No. Can you give me two quarters, big fella? That's it. Yeah. Can you I give me it. two? That's all I'm asking for. I can get the rest of the stuff from everybody else. I think this unit is, is contrary to, to what everybody's saying about how horrible his bench is. Demand more from these guys and switch up the lineup. Right. I'm, I, I, think, I think that's beautiful. We still have to remember, too, coaches, co- their coach is young, still new to figuring out things. So we'll see if that plays a part into any of this as well. I understand they have a good staff. <clears throat> they have a they have a great staff, actually. But um, I wonder if that'll play into it at all, as well as we we're you know, docking points from the Bucks, but we we aren't talking about all the pieces, incredible defense pieces and bench pieces that the Celtics lost over the offseason. So I think that oh, could just be yeah. as, just be um, as influential for them as it was for, for Milwaukee. All right, so we have some super chats, and then I have the link in the chat. I didn't hit send yet. I don't know. Do you want to invite some people up if we have some time? Mm. I don't know. Nope, that's no. All right. Let's, let's, let's do some. Yes, I, yes, Andrew G. I am a biased Lakers fan, and have I ever shied away from that? Here we go, Angie Carr. Ah, hey H. How about them Niners? What's up, Angie? Look, I um, I'm not sure how you can be feeling so confident about the Packers when um, you have no chance of anything this season. But oh. uh, I'll take the criticism. I mean, we had a bye week, so I'll I'll give you this. If we lose this upcoming week, you can clown me all you want, but give me a week. Let's see if we can get a win, and then we'll we'll talk. They should have really signed. They re, they really. I think the Rams signed Carson Wentz just so you guys wouldn't get him because he would be your starting quarterback. Angie Carr again. Uh, what are y'all's NFL picks for this weekend? Let's see. Let me pull it up. Let's see. So we got Indianapolis. Give us a couple of games, Haley. Give us. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start from the top. Oh, speaking oh, of not the whole not the whole slate. The Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some good ones. All right. So we've got uh, Bears, Ravens. Thoughts there? Or Browns, Ravens. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, Browns. I was going to say. Oh, that's not even a good game because they're they're. All right. Um, let's do Packers Steelers for Angie. Let's give her our picks for that game. Hmm. Um, Packers Steelers. Um, the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, Thank Pittsburgh. You. Pittsburgh's on a tear. Pittsburgh is is. With no quarterback, <laughs> um, TJ Watt is a menace. Uh, Mike Tomlin proving he's a great coach. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Pittsburgh. Packers are heading in the wrong direction. Let's be honest. Actually, they headed in the right direction. They are. 
They just they 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 they, 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 they they finally got their quarterback. I, I think they have their quarterback. They have a quarterback? I do think they have their quarterback. They just got oh, they just got put the they just got tone. Just so you know, Aaron Rodgers' his first year starting with the Packers, he was five and eleven. Just so you know. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, sure. Troy Aikman was one in fifteen, but right. I, so let, let, let's get his kids some time. Like this is his first Jordan, year starting. Jordan Love ain't either one of them guys. This is his first year starting. We don't know who he is. Right. We don't know. And on top of that, that receiving call with the with the Green Bay Packers is garbage. Garbage. So um, I kind of like I like Dobbs. I like uh, the other dude. I, you uh, don't like him? Butterfingers, 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 dudes. Every time you throw these dudes the ball, give me a break, man. And making him look like he doesn't like making him look like he doesn't know what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Catch the football. Can I can I make a football prediction real quick? Yeah. I think the Bears and Panthers, uh, which will be the Bears having the first and second overall pick in the draft because they're going to be the worst two teams in the league this year. But I think again with the balloons, we go. <laughs> I think peace, y'all. Um, the Bears and the Packers. Um, I think this game ends zero zero. I'm just. <laughs> I'm with you. 100%. A zero-zero tie. Trash, trash game. If trash we get a zero-zero tie, oh, my oh, God. Nope, Carolina just scored a touchdown. Oh, no. my God. Please don't do um, that. Okay, moving just, on. Just, just as I said it. Oh, man. Yeah, jinx us. I guess, Commanders, this is a terrible slate of games. Giants, Cowboys, I guess Cowboys. Commander Seahawks, how about that game? How about, the, how, about, how about the Niners Jacksonville? How about that? We get off to snide this weekend. Yes, we do. We come down to Jackson. We come down to Jacksonville, and we get off the snide this weekend. We got Debo back. We got a week off. We got some, we got to go over some tape. We get off the snide this weekend, and we get back rolling. Yes, we I do. Agree. I agree. Yes, we do. Uh, Broncos Bills. Is it true that the Bills are no longer in playoff contention, or is that what? Did I see something about that? Or no, they can no. only be a wild card at this point, right? No. I don't know what, what are you talking about. Broncos have been on a little roll. They've won They're, three games. The Bills are five and four. They're one yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, I just know. I don't know oh, what, yeah. um, what yeah. I know is that the Bears just gave up a punt return for a touchdown. That's what I know. Yeah, that's trash. Oh, yeah, okay, how about this? The offenses, both offenses will go zero for zero. Sorry, what was the game? Uh, Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville's Jacksonville's beating the Niners. No, they're not. Not this weekend. We get off. We get off the snide this weekend. We definitely do. We get off the snide this weekend. One hundred percent, we do. Of course, you're picking the Niners. I'm the only one that's realistic and telling you the Jacksonville Jaguars are telling you. Acknowledge me. Oh, absolutely. We know who you are. 100%. That no, I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not saying that. Are you worried officially? Yes. For the row? Hell yes. If we lose this weekend, hell yes. I am worried. I'm worried now. Me too. I'm, I'm I'm worried now. But with Seattle losing last week, we're still in first place. So we 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 back in first place with Seattle losing last week. We, you, 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 it's interesting that you know you don't have to play and you're back in first place. I think that's dope. You need a, you need a quarterback. I think that's dope. So um, the fact that we didn't play last week, we back in first place, and Debo is going to be back this week. I think our offense. I think we get back humming. Yes, we do. I think we get back humming, and then the fact I I, I can't I can't understate getting another pass rusher. In Chase, that was a big deal. Nobody's really talking yeah. about that. Getting getting yeah. another pass rusher, he's going to really help us because Joe Burrow exposed something about us. That's a problem. When you don't get to the quarterback, you get picked apart. You get picked apart. And yeah. if you think that we're going to let Trevor Lawrence just stand in the pocket all day and throw like we did Joe Burrow, yeah. no, that's not going to happen. We can't. We're going to get smoked. 
Agreed. Oh, Leaf, I think you should ask, ask hey, I don't, I don't know what the no, Warriors he antics are. He calls me a Steph Blazer. He's just mad because we critique Kevin Durant. We critique the Suns. Um, Leaf, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm very open. To, I'm open to criticism. The Warriors, what are their antics? What are their antics? What's going on? Yeah, is there, I, I don't know what their antics are. He's about. just mad that like they're playing better than expected. He doesn't believe in the process. And yeah, Leaf's just a hater okay. for the Warriors. Okay. But I mean, well, well, Steph, oh, can I bring up something? Yeah, of course you can. Um, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts. I know it's too too small of a sample size to be too totally crazy about it, but thought I'd mention it. Uh, the paper clips are zero and two with James Harden. Thoughts on that? Mm. It's not too early. All right, let's go. You got you got Buffalo, um, the Braves with one ball, um, and Russell Westbrook and James Harden who need the ball in their hands at all times. And and unless they tell James Harden come off the bench, play that fifteen or twenty minutes, get acclimated to the system, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, this team's going to implode, and then what's going to happen is uh, Leonard's going to take some days off. James Harden's going to get mad that he gets to get days off and I don't, and then he's going to take some days off, and it's and they're just going to the Braves are going to brave. They're just going to do what they do, and everyone's going to be like, man, they're so talented. I can't believe they. Oh, they were so good for this stretch. Oh man, if they were healthy, if they, if they, if they, if they yeah, they're gonna do what they do. They're they're done. There's a horrible pickup. It, he did not fit. Um, as I mentioned, he should be out of the league after this season. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I said this earlier today, and I'm still standing on it. H, what did the Clippers get together for with James Harden? Why did he get on this crew? Uh, money, right? Well. Why Why did this team get together? James Harden, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard. Why did this team get together? No, they got together to win a chip. To win the NBA championship. By show of hands, who is the one guy on this crew who's won it? That would be Kawhi Leonard. You know what that means? This is our guy. Yeah. Let's start there. So who has gotten closest to winning it? Russ. Okay, that's our lead guard right there. Now. Playing well. Nah, absolutely. Not he bad. Was. He was not bad, not not, not bad. I said, now, well, absolutely. Paul <laughs> well, George, great. Paul George has been to the West Finals, yep, as the man. Yeah, James Harden has been to the East Finals as the man. You guys, we're gonna play off of Russ, we're gonna play off of Kawhi Leonard. That's gonna be the deal if we're gonna have an opportunity to win. What we're not gonna do is we're not gonna have Russell Westbrook taking 18 shots. And Kawhi Leonard taking 14 shots and going and, 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 and Russell Westbrook going six for 18 from the floor, even though he wasn't bad last night. Eight assists, he only had one turnover. But the difference is, is we have to establish roles here. What did we get together for? Right? What did we we got together? We got together to win this thing. Leonard is the only guy who's won it. Not once, twice he's won it, and he's been the man on the crew. So this is our guy. This is who we're going through. That's what we'll start with. Russ has been a starting point guard on an NBA finalist team. This is our lead guard right here. Now we got to figure out how we're going to play off these other guys. James Harden, you're going to have to play off the basketball. Can you I pause you for a sec? Yeah. I got to ask a question because you, you you said something that as the years go on, I start to wonder. You just said Kawhi's one as the guy. Not both of them. He no. wasn't a guy on both of them. No. He definitely wasn't the guy for the Spurs. 
No. He was the Toronto. Yeah, he was the best player in Toronto. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying he wasn't the best player in Toronto. Right. But he did go to a pretty perfect situation with a team and a coach and a you know the 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 team that had won the most games in the Eastern Conference over the past five years. Yeah where the best player in that conference left that year. Mm-hmm. And yes, he won and he was the best player. He, he wasn't the leader of that team, though. He was one of the leaders of that team. I will he was say not that. the leader of that team. Kyle Lowry was the – Kyle Lowry was the – Kyle Lowry was the – That's like saying Draymond Green is, was the best player because he's the leader of that team, right. even though Steph or Katie put up more points. So that's well, like – but yeah. with that, but, but with that being said, Tone, with that being said, keep going. I'm sorry. If I, I yes, well, I'm just, I'm just saying. I wonder if, mm-hmm. I wonder if we're maybe overrating Kawhi a little because of the, the flashes of mm-hmm. brilliance because we have not seen it. I get it, injuries, degenerative knees. I get all the reasons why, but I don't think we've really seen anything but flashes of brilliance from Kawhi for one reason or another because people yep. forget. That win that he got in San Antonio, he was still like not like he played defensively, but he wasn't uh, the the offensive load was not on his shoulders. The pressure wasn't on him to win. And yes, we yeah, I believe he was the Finals MVP, but still. Okay, so uh, let, 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 let's rewind. So he comes into a quote unquote perfect situation in Toronto. Tone, can you tell the people? In the last three years before he got there, what happened to Toronto? They got bounced by LeBron James. No, no, no. They didn't get bounced, Tone. Tell everybody what happened. How did they lose? Oh, so, oh, so, so, in, so in 18, swept out of the playoffs. In five 17, games, in 17, five games. In 16, swept out of the playoffs. Playoffs, so, yes. And Tone, can you tell everybody here how I feel about when you when you get swept out of the playoffs? You 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 didn't. You had no business being there. You're not close. So not now close. we get. So now we get Leonard on the crew, and they win the NBA championship. Well, my point in saying that is, when you get a guy like that, this thing could go the other way. We could get swept again. Tone, what is my motto on a secretary? My grandmother told me anybody could train a secretary, but. But they can screw him up too. But screw him up. Son, LeBronto was gone. Oh, that's yes, I mean, he was. That, and that matters. That let me absolutely matters. 100 percent I'm not does. saying he stinks. I'm not saying I'm just saying, are we maybe overrating him? Because really he had one great leadership, mm-hmm. best player run. One. Right, right. One. Now, and and with that being said, Tone, if he if, when he when he gets hurt in 21, when he gets hurt in 21, when he when he partially tears his knee up. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget, he was a first-team All-League defender that year. He was an All-NBA performer. And I think that they were on that. He did get hurt. I think they were on their way to the NBA Finals if he doesn't get hurt. But let's get back to what he had done in Toronto. He basically had a career year that one. And you said that that was one. You said that was one. When he was on that San Antonio team that won the NBA championship, we're also talking about an old Tim Duncan. I think he was in year 17 when that happened. He was in year 17. Uh, Uh... who am I thinking about? I'm thinking about Tony Parker. Manu Gino- I'm thinking about Manu Ginobili. I'm thinking about Manu. I'm thinking about all of these guys. As good as they were, they were on the other side. Leonard was becoming, Leonard was becoming that guy. 100 percent he was. He was the defensive player of the year the next two years. He was now moving himself into being an all-NBA performer. Not that the next year, two years. But that Not year, that year, he was an all-league defender. He was becoming something special with being on that crew. 
and he played great in the finals. And the point that I'm making with him being on that crew, Tom. Okay, all-NBA player, all-NBA player. And I know it's not all about stats. I get that. But Mm -hmm. let me just throw this out. So I tell you there's a guy who averages 12 points, six rebounds, and two assists, and he's a great defender. Is there any championship team that you're saying, yeah, he's definitely the guy that, that, that made the difference? Depending on what he did. Cause I, cause Robert, cause Robert Ori averaged, I think, less than double figures on the Lakers, and he was knocking down buzzer beaters in order for them to win. So yeah, but but no one was, but you no one saying that was a great run, and he's a great player and an all time great player. They're not. They're saying okay, Big Shot Bobby came up in big moments, but that's yep. it. He's and, not even a Hall of Famer. We're I, talking about this guy on an all time great list when, and we're giving him credit for that championship when, yes, he was. Look, everyone's important on a championship team, sure. but when you're not expected to do anything on one end of the floor, right? I, I don't, I just, I, I, again, I just saying, I don't want to give him full credit for the Spurs win. It's, so what it, I'm saying is he had one great season where he was the guy and right. took him all the way one. So overrating. So, 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 so in that, in that Spurs championship run, the reason why I bring up the Spurs tone is because yeah. the reason why I bring up the Spurs is because he was there he knows what it takes to become a champion. He wasn't, I believe it was year four that he was in at that point. I, 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 be, I believe it was year four. I think he averaged 17 a game in the finals. And oh, nobody no. and, and nobody know nobody knew who Kawhi Leonard was in terms of a scorer. Once he took over those duties, once we saw a guy now becoming a great scorer, we didn't know he was that good of a scorer until those duties actually got passed over to him. In 15, 16, in 16, 17, where he's now averaging 25 and 26 a game. When we saw him in the NBA Finals in the 2019. Well, if you remember in 2017, and H is not going to like this, if he doesn't get hurt, Mm. he's talking about him getting hurt. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that they beat, I'm not saying that they beat the the Golden State Warriors. I am willing to bet every dollar that I have. They do not sweep the war. They do not sweep the the San Antonio Spurs out the playoffs. I think that series is more of a dog fight than it is a sweep. One hundred percent. Ifs were wishes or whatever. However, the thing goes. I, I, I believe. I, I believe my grandmother said it. If grandma, if, if grandma had balls, she'd be grandpa. There, there you go. Which is true. But I bring up Kawhi Leonard playing for San Antonio, and 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 in terms of the championships. I was there and I was an integral part of what we were doing. So I know what it takes to get there. I know what it takes to win. None of you dudes in here did that. I did that. And I didn't do it more than I didn't do it once. I did it twice. So I know what it takes to get there. That's okay. the point that I was making about that's, that's, fair. that's fair. I just I feel like we're 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 just Kawhi's a little too high on most people's list because of and, and they're giving him too much credit for stuff. But anyways, okay, we can we can move on. We can move on. Okay. Uh, but yeah, right. I, but you're right. I, I and he's played every game this. I believe he's played all seven games this year. So mm-hmm. hey, good for him. Good for him. Zion's only missed. Zion's missed two of the eight, of the eight games. Tone. I, I know I'm asking for sixty games. Can he's I only missed, two, only missed two. Isn't um, Zion supposed to be coming on? We better be careful. Oh yeah, we're. I'm working on it. Um, but speaking of Zion, you guys, is it? Look, I, I'm I'm glad to see him, and I'm not going to complain that he's here and we're actually getting to see minutes from him. But, man, I've been watching. And granted, actually, the last game, Brandon Ingram was back. And I saw Zion. I, I can't remember who they're playing. I've watched so much. We've watched so many. Play Oklahoma City. Uh, let's see. I don't see. think it was OKC. It, it might have been. the. Did they play Detroit? Did they play. The pace is not too long ago, too. 
wasn't them, but it was one of those, you know, maybe smaller market teams, but Zion mm -hmm. just, is it going to take him a good amount of time to get back to where he was? Or is this Zion what we're seeing from him? Because if well, he's slow, he doesn't play defense. He's like, you know, from what I've seen, I mean, heavy, he's great. Heavy, heavy, doesn't really help on a weak side in terms of a team yeah. defender. He's not yeah. very good. No. So is this what, and, and Tone, you know where I'm at with it. By year five, this is probably who you are. So can can I expect Zion moving forward? Is he a 20 to 23-a-game guy moving forward? Am I going to get some better seasons out of him? If, don't if he can stay healthy? Zion, like. Zion, like, Zion, Zion, unfortunately, is going to be a what-if. One of the biggest of all time. And speaking of what-ifs, on Tuesday on its fluent top tens, I'm going to do the 10 biggest what ifs mm -hmm. in NBA history. Join us Tuesday mm -hmm. at nine. <sighs> what if Wilt was real? <laughs> What's that? What if Wilt was real? What, what, what if Rip Wilt was a real person? <laughs> what if? Everyone. Well, that's George Marcus. We all know that's George Marcus. I might mm -hmm. even do, you know, sometimes we could do two top tens. So maybe I'll do NBA and, and NFL. What biggest <laughs> what if? Jay, I have to ask you this because when we were on our podcast, uh, Gold Blooded on Sunday, I kept getting the chat was like hammering me with these, and I I had your back, but it was on something that it was really hard to have your back on. So I want to see what you mm. actually said. Um, everybody was commenting that I think it must have been the panel or something um, that you said that Steph Curry lived at the line. So I want to ask you if that's what you said in what context because I, did. I know people are tripping. I did, I did say that I did Steph Curry. I said Steph Curry lives at the line for the way he plays. Mm. Reason why guys like Damian Lillard, the reason why guys like LeBron James, the reason why uh, Donovan Mitchell, the reason why those guys get to the free throw line more because they play more downhill. Where does Steph Curry live? Steph Curry lives in the, on the long ball line yeah. and he lives on the perimeter. Tone, I believe the number that you gave me, this was maybe a year ago or two years ago. I think it's 1% of the time guys are fouled on three pointers. 1%. Steph Curry, I think he averages what over the last eight years i think he's averaging of, of 10 10 threes a game something like that i i think i think he's I'll averaging something like for how many years the last how many years over the last decade the last well the, okay the last six i'll tell you the last six because i happen right. to have that uh the last six is 12. okay uh, so he's averaging 12 and in, in, in conjunction with how many shots steph curry averages a game what is he averaging like 20 shots a game maybe Less. He is in the same in the same time frame. He's averaging twenty shots a game. So yes. just so you know, H, that's sixty percent of the, that. Sixty percent of my shots are coming from the long ball line, which means that one percent of the time, on every three out of five shots I take, I'm going to the strike. Every other time, so every other time, I'm either shooting the long ball or I'm shooting in the mid range. That's it. I'm not really going downhill that much. Yeah, if yeah. Steph Curry, if Steph Curry is going downhill more, he would probably get to the line more. If he was going downhill, but that's not his game. That's not who Steph Curry is. That's okay. not that's not to say that he can't get downhill because he does play at he the rim, but he yeah. doesn't play at the rim like Kyrie Irving. Right. He doesn't play at the rim like Donovan Mitchell. He yeah. doesn't play at the rim like De'Aaron Fox. He's yeah. not doing that. No. Yeah. But five, five, three, he only he's in that same time frame. He's only averaging five free throws a game. 
he's averaging five free throws a game this season. And I also want to say, Jay, you're talking about living at the he, – he's on the perimeter, which is fair. But the way Steph Curry is double and triple teamed, more than any of those other guards, Kyrie, Fox, right. any of those guys that you just named. So the defense – and you know in order to guard Steph, who's constantly moving around the court, he has – you know, that's just his game. He's always moving. Mm-hmm. So you have to follow him. You, uh, who was the guy – it was Denver, KCP, man, like that you can't, he can't even breathe because of how close these guys are on him. So yes, right. he gets fouled. He should be getting to the line more if you want to ask me because he's getting fouled constantly. They just can't, right. you can't well, call it. And, and Steph has weaknesses in his game where I, I know he carries the ball at points. I'll give you that. That's something that we see all the time. But so does Jason Tatum. He gets fouled. So I, I'm not going to say he deserves to get out of the line more, I guess, because or I guess, what was the context of you saying, or why were people so upset with that? Because they think he should be getting to the free throw line more. And I'm he thinking, should. yo, with six free throws, I mean, I think he averages six free throws a game for his career. For a guy that lives on the long ball line, I'd like to think that... that you don't that, think that, you get, you get Let me just give you... I just want to give you the averages. Let me just... Get, and, and I know that they're averages, but yes. just so yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. Right. So based on 20 field goal attempts per game, Yep. and I'm breaking it up not by distance, just by two and three-pointers. So three pointers, which he shoots twelve. Okay, the average is one percent of those you'll get fouled on. And I, I get it. I'm dealing with fractions here, which is point one two. Right. Point one two free throws a game. The other eight are two pointers, which are averaged fifteen percent fouls, mm-hmm. which is another point nine six. Okay. So the average player shooting the way the percentages the way he does would average one free throw a game. The average NBA player, he's getting five. But you're not taking into account – that's just stats because you're not taking into account the amount of defenders on each person. You're not taking 100%, into account 100%. teams that they have to play this, multiple times if you're playing Denver multiple times through the year, which all, they, they will, playing Kings multiple times. So there's so many factors. That I, you can't I'm, just I'm not disagreeing. What I'm saying is over the last band that we looked at over the last eight years, six years, whatever I said I was looking at, yeah. he's getting five times more free throws than the average person who had the same breakdown. Now, again, he also gets more attention. He gets more double teams, 100%. But it is five times more. I don't think five is living at the line, though. I, I agree with you there. But he is getting five times more than the average. Well, let's do that five with every single more. player and see how – because I bet you all of the money in my bank account that they're all five times and ten times and, and eight okay, times. Okay, pick more. a player. Let's do it. Let's do it. We have Oh, we only have three. Is there a show coming on after? I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking – I'm thinking about guys like, like – like I said, like James Harden. Right. I'm, I'm thinking about guys like James Harden, who got to the line like nine, ten times a game and he got fouled on threes. James Harden is really good at selling threes. Steph Curry wasn't really good at selling threes. And the reason why he wasn't good at selling threes, because he made them so damn much. He was so open all the damn time. But I will say this. I will say this, though, Jay, let me let me let me now I'm going to because I am playing both sides here because I do see both sides of the argument. Let me go back. Yeah. A step. So there's five. But let's be honest. The Warriors also average probably one tech a game. Which he shoots, so right. prob- he's probably only getting four right. of point, on yeah. his own play style. Yeah. So it, it is it is low, and I, I agree with you. But still, a guy like Steph, who is double teamed on pretty much all the time, going to the line even eight times a game, right. you, would, you would expect him to shoot more than four. All right, so living at the free throw. So so let me so let me come off the living at the free throw line. But he does shoot free throws. It's not like he doesn't get to the stripe. He might not get to the stripe as much as you would like him to get to the stripe. But for his game, I, I feel like he gets to the stripe a lot. I think in comparison to other guys that play the game that he plays, yes. But I think that the other guys that play the game he plays don't get as much don't defensive get defensive. 
yeah. not get nearly the amount of defensive attention. But I, I just that's what I thought. Too. I was like, I knew there's more context, but people were right. freaking out. They're right. like, yeah. right. they're like, there's always more context, but like, there's also. Th- 30 seconds left and three yeah, super yeah, yeah. chats, and you know we always have to get through them all. Uh, Mark Wivian Black, I hope I said that right, uh, to the panel. So quickly, can I get a start bench cut? And Shay Spider. You know why he br- you know why he brought this up, Tom? He no. brought this uh, he brought this up because he wants you and me in particular. I'm gonna say it right now. Ant is I'm spite. I'm, I'm sorry, Shay is not better than Spider. I'm not Shay, I'm sorry. Shay is Shay is not Thank better. You. Shea is not better than Ant. I, yes, I, I, I got Shea, Ant, and Cut Spider. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm going. I, I, I just think that I don't think that Shea is 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 that dude yet, man. I'm not. I, I just you don't think. Not, ah. not, not that. Not that. Not yet. Fair. This That's is the, this is the, this is the same dude that you. How many he had yesterday? Age. Forty eight. Okay, I, I think it was 40, 43, and we're gonna forget oh. that, and we're gonna forget that Donovan Mitchell put forty three on him when they saw him in Cleveland. Yes, he did. He put 43 on him when they saw him in Cleveland. So we're getting played that's off. Like saying that. Right yeah, now, yeah, the yeah. Hawks have the best backcourt. True or false? Uh, false. Trey Young. Trey Young, super overrated. Trey Young, yeah. super overrated. He stinks. Um, last one, last one. Angie Carr. Well, he's not a system player. He's a system. I believe that. I could see the building imploding now. I could. I, I, I could yeah. just see it imploding right now. I'm telling you, bro. All right, you I could guys. See it. This was a good one. This was a good one. For sure. Uh, make sure if you didn't get to catch the beginning of the episode, we had Coach Scott Morrison, assistant coach for the Utah Jazz, join us. It was an amazing, amazing uh, little segment there. So appreciate that. Uh, any last words from you guys? Right, drink Jerry. water, put a suit on, call your mother, don't drink and drive. Take it light or take it. I like that. I like that. Bye, guys.